0: Time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This, this is Rothman and Ice.
1: Back in business, Rothman and Ice. We are presented by your local Pella Window and Door Showroom on Gemini Parkway. Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice Hayes, CB, steering the trail ride today, boys. How we doing? I'm feeling really really good today it's hump day I, I kind of feel like
2: Ralphie on Christmas morning there's some excitement in the air minus the pink bunny suit I'm not messing around with any of that mm. but I got a good vibe going today man I'm feeling good we got a lot to get into how
1: you feeling not bad I you know I enjoyed the all-star game we'll talk about it a little bit you know it's it's I, I mentioned this to you I'm I may be the the outlier um I like the pageantry of it all the game itself was somewhat compelling. But I don't I, I guess I've been trained over the years now not to really care about it that much. And we'll get into the pride and the players. First of all, I remember the days when you wore your uniform. I did love that because last night was it awful. It took me this is no joke. It took me about fifteen minutes to realize <laughs> that they aren't all wearing this uh-huh. they're yes, they're wearing the same uniform but their team was actually on the uni. Yeah. I was looking at the hats, and I'm like, okay, the hats are, are not... And the hats, by the way, are all the same, mm-hmm. except the logos were different. Yeah. So I don't want this to look like the celebrity <laughs> softball game. I want my dudes to be wearing their their uniform yeah. in
2: the game i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at all that right. at all usually you know me i'm pretty open to some fashionable stuff my mind's a little bit more open than yours when it comes to some of these things dudes wearing their jersey yeah. buttons all the way down to the belly button i'm in on that when <laughs> you got the cuban links going like i
1: love it but, la- but last night yeah Tati spent 200 grand on something like <laughs> looked like came out of a cracker jack
2: box <laughs> last night one of my friends put in our group message that the uniforms look like janitor outfits
1: Janitor outfits. And I like kinda, jumpsuits? Yeah, like little of? jumpsuits. Yeah.
2: And I, I don't yeah. know how I missed this. Usually you get a preview mm-hmm. of these things. I know they were out there online somewhere. and I completely missed it. But I would have dunked on these before I saw them last right. night. That was pathetic. The all-navy, the all-white. and Then you got the white with the mixed logos along the left peck. Yeah. I don't know what the heck was going on. They need
1: to throw those in the dumpster. And we never need to see them again. As you know, I like to say brutile. Those were brutal. I do not. I did not like them, and I I understood what they were trying to do. And when I saw the close-ups, and I could like I could barely see the SD in Tatis's unit. It's too much. Too much going on. And then, by the way, when they put the little stars around the logo, everybody looked like they played for the Astros. Yeah, right. Right. So anyway, yeah. Enough of that. Yep. But I, I I did enjoy the game, and we'll talk about it. And it was compelling, and I uh, I uh cashed in on the AL. Mm. They just don't lose. I mean, when yeah, we picked it yesterday, I'm not going to buck the trend now. Well, I couldn't be the guy that goes against my guys either. So that's why I had to go
2: with the NL, but you're so right. There's so much rich history with the American League, and these dudes just dominating this All-Star game. And yesterday, you got another sliver of it, and I know we'll dive into some yeah. MVP conversation Ooh, later on and everything, that. but my goodness, the AL
1: holds this thing down. Yeah. It was it was Scherzer almost got his head taken off early in the game, which oh, is unbelievable. Yeah, he did. And we had a couple we had some home runs, which was good. We had a fairly compelling game. Chris Bryant had a chance. Mm-hmm. Great catch in left by Walsh coming in who doesn't even play the position. Right. And by the way, when you're a um he's a lefty and I don't know about you. I was I was an outfielder. You were an infielder? I can't remember. Oh no doubt, Pitt, man. You were an infielder. No doubt. All right. I loved playing the outfield. Just absolutely loved it. Yeah, I didn't want to run around that much. Oh no, it it's it's awesome, man. I who yeah, but who wants to take a Rawlings <laughs> off the teeth? That is isn't fun. Right. I've I've t- you know, that's happened to me a
2: few times and that is not a place you want to be, my friend. You're playing in those travel league
1: fields and there's rocks Awful. in the dirt and it's oh, nowhere so near the, the bad legit baseballs breaking training. <laughs> that was not fun. Did so this is interesting. My brother was probably the only lefty third baseman you'll ever see. Really? Yeah. He played third base as a lefty. What age was this? Had to be young. Was, no, not too young. No, no. He, we, he, 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 played. He liked to pitch too, but he, he was good enough, I guess. Okay, your brother's a very boss weird. for that. Your brother's a then, boss for that. But I loved playing left field, and I was always, I always got accused of shading to left center too much, so I could make the diving backhand catch down the line. That's not true. Well, I mean, just knew I had the speed to get there. Uh, then all my friends say, "Come on, man." I just quit, knew right? I had the
2: speed to get there. And I the, love it. The,
1: and I, there was nothing better than making a backhand catch. But my whole point in all of this was I, as a righty, yeah. always loved making a backhand catch versus the open basket catch. Mm-hmm. I never liked coming in on a sinking liner. Yeah, I always loved going to the back. I don't know what it was, yeah. but it just it felt more natural to go backhand. He had to come in. He had to break in hard mm-hmm. to save because that was five two at the time. And I and Bryant came up with the bases loaded, one swing of the bat, and we're tied. Yeah. And he hits the sinking liner and Walsh comes in, and he kind of breaks towards second <laughs> and then has to adjust and go back with yeah. the open basket. Your depth of field as an outfielder that's a difficult catch to make. He, uh, if you come in and you dive back in, much. much easier. Trust me, I know.
2: Yeah. Trust me, I know. He uh And he's one of the hidden stories when it comes to the Angels, right? Doesn't get talked about mm-hmm. a ton, and look, when you got Otani on your team, mm-hmm. and Mike Trout on your team, and Anthony Rendon on your team, and all the superstar names that the Angels have, a lot of people probably didn't know who that guy was until last night, so I'm glad that he had that moment, mm-hmm. man, because he steps in the box as a lefty, and he can let yeah. it fly. You can put him in the heart of your lineup, move him around, whatever. He's a really, really Good player, so yeah, absolutely, man. That was a heck of a play, and for a guy that doesn't do it in that spot, he stepped
1: up big time for his squad. Yeah, so we'll talk about and Otani. Yeah, I know he was the story, and he and he somewhat flamed out in the home run derby. Although I thought he really salvaged it, and Soto had a great night in the home run derby. But that dude to hit 100, yeah, I think he hit 100.2 a couple times. So just to kind of put this in the history. Just so people know, I do believe it was the hardest pitch, fastest, hardest, whatever, thrown in All-Star Game history. Yeah. 100.2. It's our guy on this show. It's um, what he
2: does, man. And then how about this, AR? He'll throw a, like a splitter changeup up there about 90 miles an
1: hour. Slider was 92, and the splitter <laughs> was, you're right, splitter I think was 89. It's ridiculous. And, and I think he it was Arenado who he who he hit 100-plus against. Yeah. And by the way, he hit 99.7. So I do think uh, and I don't and I have to check this. Am I am I thinking of this as a starter because one of the relievers would have had to have gone or maybe it is all-star game stuff that maybe I'm right. Yeah. Maybe CB can get on that. Hardest pitch ever thrown in an all-star game. Cuz that's what I when he hit 100.2 Although then, then my, my mind, mind went to, there had to be a reliever that threw hard. Chapman's had to clip yeah, that. Had, I would have to
2: imagine. Chat, had to Chapman to mean yeah. There's been some other so guys. There had to be a starter. And especially in this game, A.R., yeah. which is why I love it, is that you get that effort. Yeah. You get that, hey, we're coming out here 100 miles an hour, 100%, because I know I've got an inning, maybe an inning or two, yeah. to really let it fly, and that's why I appreciate the All-Star game so much more uh, than I do the Pro Bowl and the NBA All-Star
1: A.L. East game. just... Destroyed that game last night. Dominated. Devers and Bogarts had hits. Zanito had a home run. <laughs> Vlad was the MVP. Dominated. Like it was amazing. How about the Simeon from the Blue yeah, Jays? The Another whole division dude. just dominated the whole All Star game yeah. last night. Uh, I thought Freddie fastball was great. Peralta struck out the mm-hmm. side. He had three Ks. Uh, Liam Hendricks is an absolute nut. An absolute <laughs> nut for the Sox, and I love him. He's an Aussie, and I don't know if you heard the story. So he's he's a he's a big sports fan. And he saw Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning threw out the first pitch. Mm-hmm. Not that good. It's a different world, Not that man. Good when it's you're a holding different that, world. When you're holding that little egg. It's a different world. And I didn't check this. Oh, actually, I do know now in my mind. I was very proud of Peyton. Went out there with a glove. Yeah, yeah, he didn't know you have to wear the no, glove. You don't need to wear yes, a glove. Yes. No. It makes everything. We've had this
2: debate many of times. You, should you do wear not a glove. need
1: the glove. If you're a legit athlete, you do not need a glove. I'm saying. It just makes everything feel better and look better. <laughs> now he, and he was up there. I don't think he was actually on the rubber, but he was maybe a foot in front of it. Sure. Went through a nice weird windup, <laughs> yeah. kind of a short windup. Right. And then he tried to throw hard and he just bounced it in on the left side. It wasn't the worst first pitch we've ever seen. But when it's Peyton Manning, yeah. but I'll give him something. He went for it. Yeah, he did. It wasn't a lob. Yeah. It wasn't just to try to I get it over the plate. That. I appreciate He decided that. to throw it. Let's get it in. Yeah, 40, what is he, 45? He decided to rear back and throw it. Yeah. So that was good. But uh, Hendricks grabbed a couple baseballs. He has a love of getting non-baseball dudes that are famous to sign baseballs. Yeah. So he went out and got Peyton Manning's that's, autograph on a baseball. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Can't and, ask for much more than that. Uh, what, speaking of, you admire dudes that go out there and give the effort and all that. Mm-hmm. Our guy Hembo, ESPN, we've had him on many times. He produces the Greeny Show, and he comes on with his trivia and makes us look foolish and all that. And right. Now, he, But but he had a kind of an old-school rant that you would think I would agree with fundamentally, but it never hit me, and I think our minds are trained now to not care as much and whether that's good or bad i don't know but let's hear a little bit of it i'm not willing to give them a pass this when i first started
3: reading the stories over the weekend of all the players opting out it boiled my blood and i'm still not over it i have to i'm still not over it when did the players decide to stop caring about the fans as much as the fans care about them you often say why should i care about the games if you don't yourself In talking about nba load management that's how i feel about this we take this game we have, Greeny, for granted, but it was built on the backs of giants. I've talked to Cal Ripken before about how he would stay past midnight at Camden Yards after the players strike and sign autographs until he couldn't sign them anymore. Roberto Clemency, every waking moment of his life, it seemed, was doing whatever he could to build the game of baseball in Latin America. In, in 1927, Babe Ruth played 207 games, including all the exhibitions, and his barnstorming tours, plus a regular season— Baseball is now a, a $10 billion behemoth, but baseball fundamentally is something of a grassroots success story. And behind every story and behind every fan like me is a catch with your dad in the backyard and learning of, of, of your favorite player. And seeing that player, for me, that, that, that's players Cal Ripken Jr. This is a game, greening that provides players the opportunity for generational wealth. All I'm asking it's to pay it forward. I'm not asking Jacob deGrom to stay till midnight and sign autographs sort of, or to fly medical supplies to Nicaragua or, or to go play barnstorming tour from Biloxi to uh, Dubuque or wherever. I'm just asking you to play in the freaking all-star game that the fans elected you to. They're the only ones that matter, so pay it forward.
1: All right, a couple things there. One, and i have to double-check this. I think the, the managers choose the pitchers, correct? I don't think the fans voted them in maybe the starter
2: in. i believe yeah. I the manager yeah. i don't know about yeah. the entire staff i, don't, yeah, I think I, everybody I, gets voted in
1: i think they uh, some are by the the position players i think are by the fans and i think the pitchers of the managers but i because i think the pitcher the managers have to check with the clubs on hey I'm not screwing your guy for the second half here. Is he starting coming out of the break? What's the timing? Like, I think there's something to that. There's an agreement, and I think J. Lou and I were talking about this, where there's this common courtesy among all-star managers that I'm not going to demand that your guy throws or or pitches. Yeah, and I
2: understand that. I I understand that. And I got to be honest, it didn't hit me last night that I was missing Jacob DeGrom. And I understand himbo's passion that he loves the sport. We're with him on the passion for the sport. But I wasn't sitting there ticked off at Jacob DeGrom for not being there for whatever reason. This is a guy that he's been nicked up. His team's in first place. (laughs) Maybe he just wants to stay healthy. I don't know what his reasoning is. But I'm not upset with Jacob DeGrom for not going out there for an inning and throwing 1000 miles an hour when he's already been nicked up this year.
1: So what he said was compelling. Yeah. But I'm with you on this and we'll come back and talk a little more about it. And then the Aaron Rodgers saga continues and there are a couple people that are, you know, fairly close to the to the sport that are thinking drastically different about it and Shefty's one of them. He'll come on at 12:33. And then another former player had a thought. And we'll tell you about that next. Off and running. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: When that alarm clock goes off, Morning Juice comes on. The perfect way to dominate your day or just lay around the house. Morning Juice. Weekdays at 6. The fan. Dog advice? Check. Gambling advice? Check. Eating broccoli for every meal? Check. Yeah, no, honey. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back.
1: I think, Maddie, with it being Shohei time, I think that allowed DeGrom to kind of recede into the night a little bit. I do think this All-Star game was around the new phenom. The the pitcher the pitcher with a sub-3.5 ERA, slugging 700. Yeah. Uh, most likely MVP on how he impacts the game, despite not playing every day as far as... You know, his being a position player. But the fact remains that Hembo went off on DeGrom not being there. Fundamentally, I agree with the sentiment. I really do. These are multi-multi-million-dollar players who get voted into the All-Star game. And I think his take today, and by the way, he's been there before. He's a four-time All-Star. This mm-hmm. was his fourth. And 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 I know Hembo's take was, okay, well, he just has to go throw an inning. It's not like he's been asked to throw a game. I think there's a couple things here. One, the Shohei effect. That's why we didn't miss DeGrom. DeGrom is, has been sickening, filthy, every everything you want to say about being a pitcher, and he is. That and, would it, do. and it would have been nice to see him. But the only people that really... By the way, he's a pitcher, not a position player. I do think as a kid, there was a lot of pride. I always loved it when my team... You know, growing up in Chicago when there were White Sox in the All-Star Game, and that guy came up, and you wanted him to play well. Mm-hmm. You really wanted your guy to show up. Yeah. He was wearing your uniform, not that garbage last night. Right. And, and so there was a lot of pride there. But think about this. The only people that really, truly missed DeGrom, if at all, were Mets fans. And Mets fans were probably thrilled that he didn't pitch. Now, I know that Hembo came back today and said, Well, tell me about a a dude that's, you know, been affected by injury because of the All Star game or ruined his second half. It's not about trying to find one. It's about not tempting fate, taking the time to. I've been trained and you've been trained and fans have been trained now that this is a new, this is the way it is. So when you start bringing up barnstorming tours and Babe Ruth and back in the day, while I always agree with. This is an amazing honor, and you should show up. It's not just showing up. He would have had to have thrown a baseball, and he didn't want to throw a baseball over his break because of what he's going after. When this came out last week, it didn't hit me at all. And I started after Hembo did his rant, which I truly respect, I started thinking, okay, why didn't it hit me? And those are the two things I came up with. One, the Shohei effect. That's all I was interested, in as far as the pitchers go, and mm-hmm. really seen. Yeah, two. He is a pitcher. He's not the leader in home runs who decided I'm not going. Right. And so it didn't have the effect. Jacob Degrom does not affect me. And the little kids who who view Degrom as a hero in New York, yeah. or Mets fans, did they miss not having him? Of course. But once they learned that your guy. Maybe the MVP and lead your team to a World Series, yeah, then I think you could justify it. Guess who else wasn't there, and I didn't even yep. think about it. The best player in the
2: game. Otani's teammate, Mike Trout, nowhere to be found. Oh. Didn't even cross my mind one single time, and to me, that speaks to how in good shape the league is right now, because you mentioned Otani, how many other kids were tuning in to see Tatis? The video of Freddie Freeman's son running up to hug Tatis. Like, those are the new faces of the league right now. Did you hear what he said? Mike Trout might be the best player, but those two guys are getting people to the park and getting people to their TV screens. And Shohei Otani and Fernando Tatis, the kids love them. These dudes are rock stars. And I was sitting here thinking, man, like Mike Trout wasn't even there yesterday. Didn't even cross my
1: mind. Freeman said that he was batting two twenty this year, and his kid said to him, "Dad, please start playing better. I want to meet Fernando Tatis." <laughs> it's a great line, That's and it. it turned out well. And Freeman's very charismatic. And there are we didn't miss it. So there are two things here: one, the, the, there is a youth movement, and Love there that. there is enough talent to carry it. Yep. And you don't need now if there was a dude that had. If Otani decided not to play this year, Mm -hmm. I think he would have been crushed for it, and rightfully so. As far as what he means to the game today and the season he's having, you you can't lead in home runs and have and be sub three five ERA. I mean, I think it was good for him to show. Is my point? I'm with you. I do Uh, think that. I would have missed that. Yeah. There's not too many guys that wouldn't have shown that I've said, ah, that's too bad. Yeah. Shohei would have been the guy this right. year I agree. for that dude. I agree. I'm
2: not I wouldn't have crushed him for it, but it would have been like, come on, man. I would like, have like, said it would, it's it, stupid. It would have been nice to see out because that's it's to me it's it's about Spreading the game, spreading everything around. He is worldwide. He's an international star now. It's not even just here for us. He's a worldwide star. So not only would we miss him here in the States, but around the world, people would have been missing out on Shohei Otani, but he absolutely delivered outside of the little home run derby thing. And he said he wants to do it again. And so maybe we'll get him to do that again. He absolutely showed up, man. You know, you
1: do it. And you're going to do it again.
2: But (laughs) he's got everything that you want. That's why last night, I think it was great. You don't have a DeGrom. You don't have a Mike Trout. And we're still, there's still this much interest around the sport right now because the youth movement is there. And you
1: still got those guys that we've been talking about holding it down at a very, very high level. Think about like what we saw in the Derby. And whether you like the Derby or not, it doesn't matter. It's, It's the dudes that maybe you hadn't heard of. I mean, you probably have heard of Pete Alonso. Um, I'm not so sure Mancini was in everybody's mind, but you know about Guerrero, you know about Tatis, Mm uh, judge played last night. He's a, a, was, and still is a very big name. No doubt. And so I didn't miss Jacob deGrom the way Hembo did. Now, maybe he didn't miss him more. So he felt like he cheated the fans and that was his take. And I respect it. And fundamentally, I agree with it. If you're elected to the All-Star game or you've been chosen, you've had that kind of year, yeah. fly out there. But you still had to go out there and throw 15 to 20 pitches as well as you could, and he took the time to to lean on his own team and lean on his own time in the game. And like you said, he's had some injury history. I'm not saying he would have blown out his elbow pitching one inning the All-Star. Of course he wouldn't have. But he used it as a mental, physical break. And we've been trained now to understand that there's enough to carry it. It is only the All-Star game. Right. It's not. And I would rather him not show up
2: than show up and give us what we get from the other All-Star games. When we watch the Pro Bowl and we're like, okay, this is nonsense. These dudes are half-stepping. And when we watch the NBA All-Star game and there's no defense until the last three minutes of the fourth quarter or whatever it is. Imagine if Jacob DeGrom shows up last night and's throwing 75 to 85 miles an hour. That ain't what we want. We want Jacob DeGrom to pull up to the Rocky Mountains and let it fly. Yeah. So I'm good with them sitting this
1: out. Yeah. They miss I, I'm, I guess I'll say it this way. I don't know if I'm good with it, but I understand it. I think there's a difference. I, it's not like I'm applauding it, but I'm not going to say that he did something that was horrible yeah. and that he cheated everybody out of it because he's got a 108 ERA and he should have pitched against the game's best in the All-Star game. Right. For inning. Ideally, yes. But with his history, where his team is, yep. what's going on, and how many other dudes I wanted to see, I'm not missing Jacob Degrom. Game's in good hands, man. Yeah. Game's in good hands. And then he'll have to wear this, whatever it is. And so, yeah. um, if it hit him that way, then that's that's fine. That's what makes it. That's what makes it go. We'll have Schefter on next. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga. We're we're at like 13 days in counting. So I think the good news is either the suspense is going to continue or we're going to get a resolution we'll talk to him about the latest next rothman and ice on the fan
0: if you consider yourself a buckeye fan you've come to the right place this is your heritage sports talker and home of ohio state athletics the fan Fan. ohio sports destination nfl playbook with espn's adam schefter
1: all right great time of the week we get to talk with the senior nfl insider of espn he's our friend adam schefter And he's on the Bryant Heating and Cooling System's Fangus Hotline. Hey, Shafty.
4: What's going on there, guys?
1: All good, man. Uh, 13 days and counting until the start of training camp. And on your podcast, which is getting a lot of play, I was getting a lot of play this morning on Get Up and on ESPN Radio in general, that you've continued to say that the truth is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think he wants to win any more games for that franchise um and then jeff saturday i don't it's not that he disagreed with you i just think he kept his opinion the way it was that he says he will play as a packer um he said if you don't like your boss suck it up he says he he could have sold everything he could have sold his house he could have shipped his cars out of there Uh, i don't know if he joined or renewed a golf membership there um uh, any anything along those lines that, that You oh. can tell us about details about maybe there is a wink-wink that he could come back, play a year, and then they would reduce the contract for him and let him out earlier?
4: Well, uh, again, I think that is what the two sides have to try to figure out in the coming weeks. Now, again, him not wanting to play in Green Bay again, which, which could happen, we don't know, doesn't mean that he won't play there again. I mean, he is under contract. Mm-hmm. So he has an issue at this point in time. But the Packers have. They both have an issue. And they're gonna to try to figure it out. Again, that doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers won't play in Green Bay. I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. He might play in Green Bay. That that's his most likely option if he wants to play this year. But Aaron Rodgers can do a lot of different things. He could not show up. He could decide that I'm not gonna play in Green Bay. He could report at the end of training camp. He could report in the middle of the season and get Credit for the season, but there are going to be discussions between both sides that dictate what route that's going to go. I could say this he's not playing the last three years of his contract as it is in Green Bay. That's not going to happen. And in fact, I'd even go so far as to say I would be shocked if he played this year on his existing contract. And this has mm. nothing to do with money, nothing to do with money. I'd be surprised if he played this year. On his existing contract As it is Like if you're going to tell me right now Aaron Rodgers is going to show up at some point Whether that's on the first day of camp The end of camp The beginning of the season And play on the deal as it currently stands I would tell you that I don't think that happens
1: Okay. that Now that's, and I, I agree with you, and I'm wondering, you know, by the way, when Saturday said, you know, you don't like your boss, there are a lot of people who don't like their boss, suck it up. Who is his boss? Is it Murphy? Is it Goody? Who do you think he's referring to, Goody or Murphy or both?
4: Both. Okay. Both. Mark Murphy's the president, Brian is the GM, and I think he's referring to both of those individuals.
1: Okay. All
2: right, Shefty, uh, one of the more popular defensive players in the league seems to be wrapped up in a story that is not good. W- what's going on with Richard Sherman right now?
4: Well, here, here's what we know, um, and I just posted on this Instagram, but he was booked at 6.08 a.m. local time, Wednesday, at the King County Correctional Facility in Seattle. He's being investigated for burglary domestic violence. He was denied bail, uh, but a spokesman for the Redmond Police Department told ESPN that standard procedure for suspects of domestic violence uh, until they can appear before a judge. Uh, basically, this happened about 2 a.m. The person called police said that an adult male family member was attempting to force his way into the home. Police arrived. The suspect was outside the home. He fought with police, but was eventually apprehended and taken to a local hospital to be checked, then was cleared medically and booked into the King Correctional Facility. And 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 so there we go.
1: Before this happened, did you have any idea on whether or not... I know he was waiting for the right opportunity. Did you believe that there were opportunities coming for him?
4: I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um I would have thought at some point in time somebody would have wanted a cornerback who selected the five Pro Bowls as a three time, first time, first team All Pro player in 10 seasons. He, he wants to play, was my understanding. Um, obviously, now it gets clouded, and, and people are going to wait to see uh, some answers here and how this plays out before somebody gives him a chance, I would think. If he gets a chance, let's see what happens here. We don't know much about this particular situation, but we know. At the very least, it is absolutely clouded his NFL future, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll see what
1: happens. I'm sorry. Let me follow up one one question. Do you believe that this was – is he married or is this a girlfriend that's accusing him of this? Do you know anything about that? About his, he, he is married. He, he is, is married. Okay, so, so from your understanding, this is his wife that's alleged these uh, this alleg- this allegation, the charge against him? I don't. I don't know who's alleging what. Okay.
4: I just know that he was. He was um, brought into jail. He is still in jail. Um, somebody at a family residence called the police. Okay. Uh, he was. Okay.
2: Want to head back to the NFC North with you, Shefty. And we're so wrapped up in the kind of quarterback discussion with the Chicago Bears, obviously, because of Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. But saw some stuff about Allen Robinson. Know he signed that franchise tag. But are, are they not going to get a deal done with their star wide receiver?
4: It's tough to get a deal done because he's so close to free agency and the franchise tag is so much that they got to pay him so much money. Um, uh, maybe more than they want. And I don't know You know that, that he has been overly enthralled with being there in the past. And so uh, it's going to be difficult to get it done. Now, look, deadlines sometimes for action. Maybe sometimes each side decides it's looking for one thing or another. Um, and that always can impact and influence a certain situation. But, again, I, I think that a deal there is going to be difficult to
1: achieve we have discussed this with you before about the Bears plan with Justin fields and do you and I know the guys were debating this on get up and I think Sam macho felt like they really do want things to go well enough where they could sit him for most if not all of the season do you believe that that is their um ideally what they're thinking would happen I mean it's That Andy Dalton plays so well that Justin Fields doesn't need to play right away?
4: Well, think about it like this. If Andy Dalton's playing well, they're winning games. And if they're winning games with Andy Dalton, then there's no reason to play Justin Fields and they can bring along their young quarterback at a very slow pace, which, of course, any team would like, want, and prefer. So the ideal scenario would be that Andy Dalton plays up to – the level that some people think he can, they win. Justin Fields sits, learns, is not rushed, is not thrown to the fire before he's ready. I mean, think about what Patrick Mahomes did in Kansas City the year he sat behind Alex Smith. It uh, was it worked out perfect. Now he's Patrick Mahomes. He's different. Who knows if Justin Fields would be like that? I don't know, but I do know that that plan seemed to work pretty well, and they were able to bring Mahomes along at. The pace that they wanted, and I think the Bears would like to do the same, but Andy Dalton's gonna have to play well, and they got to win to do that.
1: So, the only thing that you feel is guaranteed is what they're saying that, that Andy Dalton will start the year on Sunday night against the Rams, and beyond that, everything is up for grabs.
4: Yeah, I, I think Dalton starts the year, <laughs> and then we see how patient the Bears can be. Okay. And now, will upon Dalton's performance and their record.
2: Okay. Jeff if I were a Giants fan, how concerned should I be getting about Saquon Barkley and him being available to start the year?
4: Well, look, I think what the concern is is, you know, you got a running back coming off an ACL. Um, He's been banged up. He's still an all-world talent. Uh, Is he going to be up to that right away? Probably not. Are they going to give him 25 carries out of the gate? No. Uh, Can he work back to that? Yeah. And I think a lot of times people say that, you know, it typically takes players even though they come back from an ACL injury, it takes them two years to get back. Now, there are exceptions, and this guy's freaky enough that maybe he could be one of those exceptions. Uh, We saw Adrian Peterson uh, do what he did, uh, and maybe Saquon Barkley is good enough and talented enough to do the exact same thing. I I don't know. They don't know. Um, Yeah, uh, look, he's got an ACL. He's coming back from it. Most players, it takes two full years before they return to form. Some are exceptional. Certainly, Saquon could be that but we'll find out and see
1: that this summer. Yeah, the other thing that that's still on a on a weird timeline is Deshaun Watson. We have no idea what's going to happen there. I was I was reading that you know, if they put him on paid leave if he gets, you know, then certainly he to get this 10 million dollar salary without having to suit up, you get the paid leave, but if he's not going to be placed on paid leave, and I know you've told us before that there's no way he's showing up. Um, how do you think this plays out a couple of weeks before camp with Deshaun? I, I, that's a
4: football question to a certain extent. And I think we have to answer the legal question first. And I'm not smart enough, nor do I know enough, to give you an authoritative answer there. I guess and so, yeah.
1: I guess I was quickly asking about about whether the league will decide yeah. to put him on paid leave so they can take all the guesswork out.
4: They could do that. You know, I spoke to one person this whether like what did Deshaun Watson do? I'm like, well, he's being accused of a lot of right? But what do, what do we know he did? I I, I I don't know the I don't know a lot of these answers right now. Yeah. I just don't know. And so it, it's a very look there are disturbing allegations it's a murky area. He said. They said. There's a lot of women that are making accusations. I, I, I just don't know. I just yeah. don't know. You know. I've spoken to people. I, I'd like to give you some clear-cut answer. Oh, yeah. Here's what happens. Here's the legal, I, 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 don't know what they know right now. Yeah. You know, no, like,
1: look, that's honest. I get know, it. The,
4: the bottom line is there. There are two. Huge and entirely different and significant situations hanging over the NFL are going to camp. Aaron Rodgers, no clear-cut answer right now. Deshaun Watson, no clear-cut answer right now. This will crystallize over time, and answers will be formed, but they're, they're, they're just not there yet right now. Uh, yep,
1: yeah, no doubt about it. And maybe by next week we'll have uh, even... I don't even know if we'll have an update next week. It might have to be day one of camp and then we'll find out if he if if Roger shows up or not. But you're still betting that he won't show up to camp.
4: I'm betting he will not show up to camp under the current terms of the contract. Okay. I don't I, I would bet he doesn't show up to camp period, but again, they have the next couple of weeks to figure this out and try to resolve something, right? Yeah. Right. So if, if if they can appease him, um, reduce the years on the contract, which now has three years left, say, okay, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll make this the last year of your contract with the promise that we won't. But, but if you're the Packers, then I say this to myself. Why would you do that? Then why not just trade him now and go get three first-round picks for the guy? Like, if, you, if, that's, if that's what you're going to do, and I'm sure that's going to come up at some point, reducing the years in the contract, well, aren't you then better off trading him? But they said they're not trading him. Yeah. So, like, Green Bay's not going to get what it wants. And Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get what he wants. So what is the compromise for all (laughs) sides to make everybody happy?
1: I don't know. Maybe they just think one more season with him gives them a chance to win it all. And then on top of that, maybe he warms back up over a season. Who knows? But I agree with you.
4: Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You say that. What is Aaron Rodgers getting to come into play for one more season? Which he doesn't want to do.
1: What's he getting? I'm well, asking. You. Well, he's he's getting while well, he's getting his what he's getting paid, and he's getting a chance to rejoin a team that was knocking on the door, and a chance yeah, to
4: not, yeah, And I'm Matt Rodgers, and I'm I'm not interested in doing that. Yeah. Like I I don't I don't like you guys. I don't trust <laughs> you guys. Um, I I understand what you're saying. And and by the way, oh, you're telling me I get the opportunity to come in one more time and knock on the door and win a Super Bowl? Oh. Win a Super Bowl in a place that I really don't I want to play anymore. I'm with you, man. And make, I know. And, and, make, and make the president and GM look good because I came in and helped them win a Super Bowl? No. <laughs> no, thank you. Not interested.
1: Thanks, Shefty. Good job, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Adam Schefter, senior NFL insider for ESPN. We'll come back. Rothman and Ice in the fan.
0: One guy is fat, the other is fatter, and both are kind of stupid. Pretty much sums up the whole show. Uh-huh. Common man and Tebow. Oh. Weekdays from three to six. The fan old school and new school joining forces to give you an education. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back. Good stuff there
1: with Shefty on Rogers. He's still in the camp of it. It's going to take something. To get him to come back, and that—that's the camp I'm in. It's not the slither back. We had some nice meals out in Cali, and right. I'm going to come back. I do think there's going to be a heavy compromise here. He's because, sorry. He said one about compensation, though, which well, is interesting. Let's, see, to let's me. talk about compensation. Salary's fifteen mils. Roster bonus is seven. Workout bonus a half a mil. So if he didn't play this year, he's leaving twenty two million on the table and another one million plus of training camp fines. And then if they want to really be if they're really done with him, they'd go after the signing bonus, which is eleven mil. Mm-hmm. So which I doubt they would, and right. that's probably not even been even whispered. Right. But if they can convince him to come back, what would the Packers have to give him? That's the question that's on the table. And yeah. by the way, that's the question. That's the strategy they've got because if they they don't want to trade him and they want him to stay. But like Schefter dropped at the end, which I thought was interesting, was, well, if he's only going to come back for a year on a wink-wink, then why not just trade him? Like, what is one year with Aaron Rodgers just to... And my feeling is, well, maybe the Packers look at it this way. A, you get him for this season, and they're a pretty good team, so that makes them a contender, mm-hmm. him coming back to them makes them an instant contender. No doubt. Number two, if you're going to trade him, unless he gets hurt, you'll always be able to get what you can from him. He's not going to have a horrible season to the point where I think his value... Now, he would be a year older, mm-hmm. and maybe the value is is altered slightly, but I do think the market would still be there for him. That would be the reason you, you dish him now, is that, you, that even if he comes back, you don't feel... There, the One year of a rental of Aaron Rodgers is not enough to offset what you could get in futures.
2: The last part of Shefty's statement when he said win a Super Bowl and, quote, make the president and GM look good, that jumped out to me when Shefty says that. And it's kind of where we've been, where we've been trying to investigate this whole situation yeah. And when we we keep asking the question, and Shefty's asked it, and we've asked it to each other, well, what's going to change? What's going to warm him back up to this? And if Shefty's saying it's not contract stuff, reducing the years, more money, it has to go back to he wants one of these dudes out of there. He wants one of these dudes out of there. And I don't know if that's going down right before training camp, but what else can we point to? Because Shefter, he told us right there at the end, He is not rocking out with those guys. He has a bad relationship with those two guys, and that report was out there at the beginning of this that Aaron Rodgers may want one of these cats fired. And so if we can't make Mm -hmm. him happy with money, if right now we can't go out there and get him another stud wide receiver to come in and play opposite Devontae, Mm -hmm. then what else is there left to do? And the Mm -hmm. only thing that I can get to is that he has probably said, I am not coming back.
1: Unless one of those guys is gone, or both, or the other part, which is you, shorten my contract instead of letting me out now by trading me. You make sure I'm out next year that I'm that I'm out. But Jeff, he's saying he's fed yeah. up with him. He's no, just, he's done I, in with the him. very beginning. I I'm with you in the very beginning. I was. He just doesn't want to win any more games for those guys yeah. in the green and gold. Like it's not about the fans, not mm-hmm. about Jordan Love stealing my job because he can't. <laughs> right. It's about it's about they didn't communicate it to me. They didn't go all in while I was here. They've got too many. Med- they've got both feet in the future and not enough in the present. I've made them complacent as far as what they need to do for me on offense. I make average receivers look like pro bowlers. And and I'm I reached my tipping point. Yeah. And I think that is him. And here's the other thing: the reason he didn't take the opt out which was right there for the taking, is that he wants to play football. That's the only thing I can come to because the opt-out was a was served up on a silver platter, get my money and save my body for a yeah, year, right. and then tell them I'm serious, I'm yeah. not playing. Then they'll be forced to trade me. Like Every box was checked except for present day, which is I still want to go play football. I'm almost 38.
2: I'm with you, and that's why I perked up when he said he'll figure it out in a few weeks, and he's going to be training. He's going to be training. He's getting ready for a football season. It's just a matter of where, and as the seconds roll along and the days roll along, it looks like it's got to be Green Bay. We heard from Peyton Manning, Denver ain't going to pull the trigger. Oakland or Las Vegas, excuse me, they probably won't pull the trigger right now. It's too late in the game for that. It's got
1: to be Green Bay or Bust. The other part of it that would be interesting is if he looks at the schedule and feels like that they could go, they could lose it in New Orleans. Probably beat Detroit, maybe lose to the 49ers on the road, maybe start one and two. See if I'm a Packers and, fan, though. No, or I don't want to play that game. Yeah. I don't want to play that game. We've been thirteen and three the last oh, no, two years. At that Get point, in here week at, one, right? At that point, I'm like, you know what? I'd rather let Jordan Love sink or swim because if I've got no future with Aaron Rodgers, no real future, then I got to just let Love sink or swim. If I'm a Packer fan. We'll come back. Sports Center update top of the hour. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: The only workplace in America to participate in the doorknob fart game. And we also play office basketball and sometimes do radio. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Movie references you may not get, even if you saw the movie. This is Rothman and Ice. All right,
1: rock and roll second hour. Rothman and Ice. Uh, we'll have. Ben Steiner on. I'm talking about the NBA. Is this win Ben Steiner's money? That reference went over both of your heads, and I'm okay with it. Hey, I make references, too, that go over yeah, your head. They do. Wrestling, they do. music. It's all yeah, good, man. I used to like wrestling when I was a kid, and then it just it got to... I think it maybe jumped the shark for me like after Hulk Hogan. Like I think it just kind of just... That was it for me. That's all right. Well, oh, You can be out on Hulk Hogan. I have no issue with that. Well, I mean, just at the time... That was like the heyday, you know. Rocky Three, oh, the whole NWO? deal. NWO. You weren't into the NWO era. It's good stuff. Man, a g- skips a generation, I guess. Maybe more <laughs> than one. I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm, I have fallen into this deal where. I won't take on new shows. There's just not enough time, man. Well, you say that, my friend, and usually we like to throw
2: that out there when the pigskin starts flying around because that's really when we got to lock it. in. This is our pocket of time to really get into anything that you like. I've been enjoying Loki, the season finale. Aaron asked me, did you see Loki? It's on deck for you me. Don't know I, what you're talking when about. When I get out of here, it's been tremendous. I can't wait to finish that out. But I, I really haven't been watching too many New shows. I know Big Brother just kicked off. That's on
1: my Big DVR. Brother. Love Island as well. So it's I'll dive into on. those.
2: Oh, Big Brother's amazing! It's great. I think you how do well. I am, think you how do is, well is it amazing?
1: Isn't it the same deal? The cameras in the house well, and the well, it's whole a
2: great game. show. The wrinkles into it. New ca- new characters every single year. Okay. Maybe you get an all star season. I think you do Why really don't you well. Try in out game. for it because I can't leave this job for that amount of time. Well, I guess. What I could, do you mean? That I could, could take launch. a Comrex into the house and I could do the show from there. That would be amazing. Where is the house? I think it's in Cali. They're out in LA. I even believe even better. Um,
3: how
1: man, big is the
2: house? You need to talk to the bosses. How about big that. is the house? Oh, it's a pretty big crib. You're squeezing. But aren't you back.
3: off the grid? Like you don't have your phone or anything.
2: Yeah, you're you're completely you out. like care. you can't talk to the outside world. But if I could tap in with you guys for a few hours a day and just duck off and do the show when I'm trying how to win the, you- the head of household competitions and all that. Yeah, what do you win? Head of household competitions, veto competitions. There's everything going on. And big I mean, what's like the eventual champ? Oh, there's some, there's some coin. Nice little coin for you.
1: I don't know why. If you love this so much, I don't know why you'd, you you would thrive in this. I think you'd be great in this situation. Yeah, it's very strategic. I think I'd build a pretty good
2: alliance. Grab some smart people, and we get this. How thing many going. are in this house? How many? Oh, God, how big I mean, is no, this group of, It's situation. a pretty big crib. It's a pretty big crib. I think maybe ten to fifteen.
0: Even somebody will let us know.
2: On both sides? I don't know if it's an even number. It's a healthy no. group of people, man. But the show's been around for years. I love it, man. Never dipped into Big Brother?
1: No. No? No. Okay. I mean, I know what it is, but I never really...
2: Well, you wouldn't You wouldn't like that right now, any, because the episodes come at you so fast. It's three days a week. In Love Island, it seems like it's on for five hours a day. I look
1: at my DVR, and Love so Island's like- already up to like eight right. episodes. So Started last week. What you're telling week. all of us is do you like to secretly watch people?
2: Um, no, I'm not one of the big brother fans that watches the 24 hour cam. That's kind of, that's a little weird to me. I know that people enjoy that, but no, I don't need to see people in bed and doing all that type of
1: stuff. No, I'm out on that. All right. I just, I think this, you missed your calling. I can not still that do this it. isn't, I'm just saying, I think this would have been a chance <laughs> for you to cash in, get into this house, yeah. really get stuff done, oh, straighten stuff out over there, and. And be in a great climate, although they do they do let you out of the house, I'll, right? I, uh, you get a little backyard. You go out in the right. backyard.
2: I'll bring this up real quick because yeah. <laughs> a guy that went to pick Central, my guy Jamie Wood, played football mm-hmm. at Ohio State as well. He has now appeared on a new HBO trailer. That's a love show called, I believe, F Boy Island. Heard the name. This is supposed to come out, and my friends put the trailer in our group (laughs) message and said, look at our guy, Jamie. We might have to get him on the show. I'm going to have to reach out to Jamie and find out about this entire experience because it's madness. When you see somebody on TV that you know in a show like that, and the show's called F-Boy Island... Mm-hmm. What is going on? We need details. I got to reach out to Jamie. Maybe yeah. I can
1: make that happen for us. You want to explain to all of us? I think I already know what that means. It, you it means you're uh, you're not a good dude. How about that? It means that? you're a dude looking for some superficial excitement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Never view my guy,
2: Jamie, as that, though. But maybe that's why we need to
1: bring him on to find out. Yeah, but a lot of this is just kind of uh, a glamour, fame seek, right? A little bit. It doesn't <laughs> have to be. some people. Right. could be
2: true love connections. Some people go there for that.
1: Let me read. Below is the first trailer for the HBO Max dating series where three single women try to find love among 24 bachelors. Half of the men are self-proclaimed nice guys who are allegedly looking for love in all the wrong places. I added that. And the other 12 are self-proclaimed, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. F-Boys. the F-boys, yep. who are participating in the show only to win its cash prize. And I assume other things, or yes, to do other things, right? Yeah, doesn't have to all be with the cash. No, all right. Yeah, I'll reach out to. Would him. you have been on this show as the nice guy or no? One of the yeah, other, I'd be the nice list.
2: guy, but I don't think I could ever participate in a show like that because when you get in those moments and when you're with your gal or your guy, like the first thing that would come to my mind is my mom and dad are going to watch this. I would never be able. To fully be myself on that show because of that yeah. and my other family
1: parents mother. really mess things up for you
2: <laughs> when you talk about going on a show like that and doing what these people gotta do
1: no I can't Maddie, put my if people if we didn't that. have parents we'd all be doing a lot of weird things <laughs> oh man I think that's
2: only me you and if Bobby's listed he probably got, he that probably got it.
0: Right? <sighs> I'm gonna go home See Doctor Finkelstein, and I'm going to tell him we got a whole new bag of issues. We can forget about mom for a while.
1: I would have a big uh, bag of issues uh, being being oh, cooped up in that house. Yes. All right, so uh, the uh, by the way, the Richard Sherman thing is 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 certainly it's an allegation that's very disturbing. He allegedly attempted to force his way into his into a, into the home and then fought with police. I mean, you can understand um, when temper start, emotions start to fly, but. Um, he, had, he, he allegedly attempted to force his way into the home of a family member um, Schefter didn't really know who he also allegedly fought with police when they arrived on the scene um, they took him to a local hospital where he was checked and cleared and then taken to jail um, they said that no one in the house was injured during the incident the, the report also says it's standard practice to hold the defendant in a domestic violence case without bail until a judge can address the situation for safety for all and it's unclear how quickly that will happen in this case so that's the latest with uh richard sherman okay so obviously just a mess and never want to see stories
2: like this at all and you know from the football side of things he's in a he's been in a weird spot because he doesn't have an agent he's negotiating his own contracts and all that now obviously all of that is put on pause for right now for the foreseeable future but He's been a polarizing dude, and there's been people on both sides mm-hmm. of this thing when it comes to Richard Sherman, and this isn't gonna help his case at all as it shouldn't. Um for the people that don't vibe out with Richard Sherman. I totally understand or understood the people that have never wanted to, you know, get down with him and how he goes about it. Um but who knows what he's got left in the tank at all. I have no idea what he's been doing. He's been out there in San Francisco for a few seasons, had an unbelievable run there with the L O B in Seattle and all that that we watched, but uh for right now. There's so really no much, no need to really talk much football when it comes to Richard Sherman because yeah. of what's going on.
1: Everyone, I assume, would respect the talent because he's an incredible dude, future Hall of Famer. Yeah, and but I, I never really liked his act. Mm-hmm. I know he's a smart dude because of where he went to school. Yep, yeah, Stanford guy. And but I always felt like he used that as a way to like try to win all of the arguments. I never really, I never bought his take in the Super Bowl either. Right. Was that with, uh, who was, who did he go up to again? I got to I got to remember the NFC championship yeah. game
2: with Crabtree.
1: Yes, Where he bats yeah. the ball down and, and all that. Went up that. to him and got in his face, and then claimed later that he was kind of giving him the good game vibe. Wasn't and there like, a
2: mic'd up yeah. thing that came out or something that we were right. everybody was investigating that he may have said, may have said it or mm-hmm. whatever? I didn't mind the antics because he's backing it up. I, 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 that's why yeah. I, I don't mind. If you're going to be that dude, if you're going to be loud and if you're going to talk and be obnoxious for a lot of people, then you better go out yeah. there and be the player that he was back then but i mean there's no doubt that moment will f- be forever remembered in nfl history
1: there may be and, and i don't know maybe it's just the old school dude in me and maybe just the way i'm i'm wired uh, i know you do enjoy the trash talking yeah, i love it i don't um i i understand it i understand mentally why dudes try to get under a guys skin and that i'm sure there is strategy to that and then part of being a pro is also being able to shut it out and and be able to just ball and let your talent speak for you and that's probably the old school of me but i i i know that before he you know and and that was when he was with Legion of Boom and i understood that that was their mentality yeah and that 49er seahawks rivalry was real was pretty real it was and real. so i do respect that part of it i do and when he was leading them in that defense and his beef with crabtree was was out there for all of us yeah. and you know i just i don't Unless there's something personal going on, I don't like hear a guy. Oh, he's a sorry receiver. Well, how are we referring? See, that's that's just sports trash talking
2: to me. That that's not very heavy. And I'll say this, Ar, because you're right. It is used to try to get under your opponent's skin. But I think for a lot of these guys, it's also to get you going. Right? You look at a guy like Patrick Beverly in the NBA. Doesn't have the best skill, but he has to be the player Mm -hmm. that he is. Now, the Chris Paul stuff that we got him pushing in the Mm back—nonsense. Don't need any of that. But the way that he is, he can't go out there and be lassadical because he'll get run off the floor. So I think some guys are wired Mm -hmm. to. I need that adrenaline
0: rush. I I need to get in. I like
1: what Bobby Portis does. I like when he yells. I, I just that to me isn't trash talking. Like when he goes in and gets fouled and starts you know yelling. I think that's that's emotion and I like that in sports. This stuff is to me demeaning of other pro athletes. I think it just there's a there's a certain. Respect factor that I do enjoy in pro sports that I don't think Sherman prescribes to, like or subscribes to. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that. Unless there's something personal between you two, calling another a fellow pro a sorry receiver. I don't. There has to be something personal there.
2: These dudes call each other yeah. worse when we can't hear it. Yeah, face to face, they do that. And look, the guy that I think is cut from the same cloth right yeah. now. It's Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. He is a talker, too. It's the same way in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Remember where he made the speech in front of the crowd and said, we're going to go up there and win it and everything? Like That's who Jalen Ramsey is. Now he backs it up. But he absolutely is a talker, and I think he's a dude that's wired that way. That I need to get going. I got to get up, and I got to get a little rah rah and get somebody's face, and I want it back as well from them, so I can play at my highest
1: level. It's the position too, yeah. Because no and I'm not going to take it away from the receivers. I mean, that's why they that's why they are diva receivers. Mm-hmm. And so when the DBs have to hype themselves up, and yep. when they, uh, I'm, I'm, it's just me. You know, yeah. you, you make a tackle. You're a professional. You made a tackle. You don't have to celebrate it like you just made the Hall of Fame. Like I, that to me is weird. So you knock down a pass oh, that man. an eighth grader could knock down, and yeah. suddenly it's the the arms crossing and everything oh, I is love like every like, second of I'm it. I'm like, love like, it. To me, get it out of here. Celebrate the stuff that's actually worth being celebrated. <laughs> no flies, zone, baby. Like, come on, give like, me the, the Kimba finger. I swear, finger. I could I could knock that down. And I, <laughs> I, if I need that as a pro, oh my goodness, I man. think that's weird. That's I all. Love the yeah. i love it i need more of it
2: just to stay away from the nonsense like i mentioned all with pat right. and gronk what did he do a couple years ago what did he kick a dude or knee a dude remember that with gronk on the sideline yeah, i think it's redavious head yeah elbowed his yeah. head like that he stuff is ridiculous
1: but if you want to talk trash talk all the trash you want i love it we'll come back and we'll hit a little bit on big ben yeah. and his future this year and beyond Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: Proud to be your flagship home for Ohio State athletics. The Jackets, Crew Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's uncomfortably vascular arms. The fan, Ohio sports destination. If you are not kind to animals, humane Agent Rothman will kick your ass. Humanely, this is Rothman and Ice. Guys, get after your health.
1: Get after it now. Don't wait. Build your immune system. Address any chronic health issues you may have. It only gets harder as you get older. Get after it now. I recommend Low-T Center. It's all about, for us guys, men's wellness. They're the leading men's medical provider in the country, certainly one of them. Low-T Center, they've they've taken the doctor's visit, shredded it, and reinvented it. So it's quick and easy. You'll get all your levels, testosterone and everything else. But it's really the annual wellness exam that I've been pushing. So it'll be comprehensive. And so you'll get all the numbers important to your health. So you're not just going to walk in there and it's just going to be about T levels. They're going to figure things out for you. Maybe low thyroid, sleep apnea, low T-Center can determine the cause and help you. And now they offer monitored self-injected home testosterone treatments if you need it. So you got the convenience there. And self-injected home treatments, only $135 a month for self-pay. But it's covered by most health insurance. So at low T-Center, they've got you covered. Book your annual wellness exam today. LowTCenter.com, low T-Center, reinventing men's health care. Uh, there's a thought that Ben Roethlisberger, uh, that his arm is reportedly closer to being one of the better arms in football again, as opposed to being near the bottom. And so, now it's early, and I've always said this to you, that he should be feeling good now. Right. Before the season. Camp hasn't even started yet. I would hope. <laughs> if there was thought that his arm was, was a spaghetti noodle at this point, mm-hmm. there'd be... Big trouble. Yeah, um, I don't. For Steeler fan, I don't, think, I don't think they question whether Ben can be effective. I question whether he can be sustainable. That's all. Um, it says here that a lot of motivation was built up from that loss to the Browns. Why wouldn't it be? They're coming after your I would, title. I would hope. Um, ben Roethlisberger reportedly is motivated by the amount of negative media he's been receiving over the years, and especially here in twenty twenty one. What what what's the the negative media? It's based on the fact that people think he's done. He's washed up. His arm is toast. Sure. All right. And that's
2: kind of where I've been at. My question is, and you and I have talked about, you know, the concerns for their offensive line. But is Big Ben going to be able to push the ball down mm-hmm. the field? I mean, intermediate passes last year between 10 and 20 yards. He was 52% completion percentage. I ranked 27th in the league. And you look at his air yards last year, they weren't pushing the ball downfield. Now, maybe that's credit to the battle line and him trying to get the ball out quick and all of that. But that's always what made Pittsburgh so scary is they can get physical with you on the, in the running game, but also can go yeah. finesse with you and take you over the top. And they have the playmakers to do that. So when Bill Cowher comes out and says that he thinks Big Ben is in store for a great year and says some really positive things about him, look, that's what Bill Cowher is, he's expected to say he's former Steelers head coach. But I'm in wait and see mode as far as Big Ben still being the guy that makes everything go. I think what they have now are pieces around him that can help Big Ben. But is Big Ben the straw that stirs the drink? I don't know Mm -hmm. right now because I haven't seen him attack defenses the way we have in years past. Now, that may change if we get into week three and week four and we see the addition of Trey Turner coming over a guy that has been a five-time Pro Bowler. Is he the answer to the offensive line? That's just one dude, but maybe. Still going to be tremendous question marks, but that's it. Because if Juju and Deontay and Claypool aren't getting past the sticks on every single down and they can't run post and goes or whatever you want to throw out there, then they're going to be able to pack that box and get after Najee and maybe this weak mm-hmm. offensive line. So, I just have questions about Big Ben's arm strength. We've been hearing that. We've heard, we're hearing now how great in great shape he is and how serious he's taking his diet. Fine, that's all good and well, but he's got to be able to push the rock downfield this season.
1: Well, he was going through rehab throughout a lot of 2020, right? This was kind of an on-the-fly situation. It was a major elbow surgery. Yep. And you have to feel like he's further along from that and stronger. And I have no doubt that his motivation, beyond just the basic and obvious stuff, about winning the division and getting another shot at being a contender. It's this is his swan song. This is the legacy. This is the way he wants to be remembered.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you should remember him in his prime, in his heyday, right. and what he accomplished. But I think any athlete that sees his mortality right there in front of him wants to write his own ending, whatever that can be. Yeah. So, I, yeah, Cowher said in his availability, that Rothsberger is thriving on the idea of proving those who think the Steelers won't be in the mix in 2021 wrong. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. He should feel that way. Like yeah. you said, why wouldn't he feel that right. way? If that's not motivating to him, then something would be wrong. Then he's not the same dude. And especially when
2: Ben looks around the division. There's three young quarterbacks that people think highly of, one that's won an MVP, one that came into his building and beat him in a playoff game himself, and Joe Burrow, in the pocket of time we saw him, was absolutely balling out. Another question I have is, they got a new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. Like, Is that going to be an easy transition? to learn how he wants to go about things offensively and I'm sure he and Big Ben have sat down throughout the whole season and gone about things and they've you know you know picked each other's brains as far as what's going to work well for both parties but that's just another wrinkle with all the mm-hmm. offensive line transitions now yep. you lose Bud Dupree on defense and now you've got a new offensive coordinator I just think offensively there's more questions than answers and I think the biggest
1: one is always going to be the health of Big Ben it's big the question I would have, and I think it's a good question. I'm glad you brought up about Canada. Is does Ben do what he wants, or is Canada doing what Ben wants, or is there is there going to be a synergy between the two of them? Yeah. On how they how an offense should be operated, and so that that's a big deal. It is a huge deal. That being dead last in running, yeah. That and not top fifteen in passing. Yeah, they that, got big big issues. They do. It's they, this isn't a a brand. Like, oh, we're the Steelers. We should be the biggest, baddest, and best on the block anymore. Yeah. The the Browns are here, and they're no not God. going anywhere. No and doubt. And now they have the confidence from whacking you. Like, they hammered them. And how about this? Not
2: only that, they've also got the confidence from what they did in Arrowhead against in their,
1: Kansas City. Their own shop
2: without their head coach. There you go. The other game. So what can't happen this year, in my opinion, AR, is Big Ben shouldn't be third in the league in passing attempts like he was a year mm-hmm. ago. It was Matt Ryan, Tom Brady and Big Ben. I think he needs to be closer towards maybe nine to 15 in that window with this running game to protect Big Ben and keep him out of harm's way. And then maybe when we get to playoff time and he's healthier, the latter portion of the season, then you can put it on Big Ben's shoulders. That's why you drafted Najee Harris.
1: That's why you drafted him to help out your veteran quarterback right now. Yeah. Ben, from everything you, we've watched, be in the gun yep. get the snap get rid of the ball as, you know as he can as soon as he can and canada style of play who knows it's not right. that way so we're going to see who influences who yep and i think it's going to be really interesting to watch we'll come back with ben steiner I'll preview Game 4 of the NBA Finals as well. Rothman and Ice on the fan. We've
0: been your Jackets flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. You're home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, the fan Ohio sports destination. Just a couple of guys whose love for fantasy sports may exceed their love for real sports. This is Rothman and Ice. Welcome back. Our friend Ben
1: Steiner, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation, covering the NBA Game 4 tonight. Ben, good to have you back. It's good to be on, guys. Yeah, so let's analyze this a little bit. You know, the Bucks had only lost once at home the entire offseason. They bounced back here. Uh, Middleton and Holiday were coming off some, some bad shooting performances. We saw what could happen when Ayton gets in foul trouble. And I'm just wondering, with these days off, do you feel like... Are you leaning a certain way, a continuation of the momentum Milwaukee has or the bounce back from the Suns, because we know how great they can be? I think when the series started,
5: it looked like the Suns were going to kind of run away. I mean, it looked 2-0. It looked like the Bucks were out of it. It was kind of like, remember that series of the Nets and Bucks just a couple weeks ago? Everyone was like, it's over. You know, Giannis has is, is blown it again. They're down 2-0, and they come right back at home and roar back. And I think that a lot of times in a playoff series, a game three at home when you're down two zero, that road, you know, that home team wins. They'll they'll knock off the 2-0 road team, but it's about sustaining the momentum. Like you said, if they win tonight, it's a whole new series. If they lose, it's over. If they lose tonight, the momentum's gone and it's over. They're not going to come down from three to one and go back to Phoenix, and, and it, it, it's over it, tonight. The momentum can stay with the Bucks, and we got a whole new series if they win tonight.
2: I want to zoom out from the NBA Finals real quick and ask you one Cleveland question. Starting to see some rumblings about Colin Sexton being available uh, for other teams to acquire his services. Do you think that's the smart move for the Cavs to do to move on from Colin Sexton right now?
5: I I don't because, I, I, look, Collin Sexton's not Trey Young. He's not Luka Doncic. He might not even be DeAndre Ayton, but he's still a very, very talented player. People talk about it. Maybe he could be a star sixth man in the NBA for a long time. And at worst, he guess what? He's a shooting guard, point guard who averages twenty four points a game. You know, in his, his third, third season in the NBA. So I think that no, I don't. I don't like the move for the fact that you've got to keep some consistency. This team, the Cavs, they they, they have no had no consistency. Everyone, whenever LeBron leaves, it seems like there's not a lot of consistency there. And I, I want to see them build something because they've got Jared Allen. They've got they've got a young guys that. They could build around, you know, Garland. They, they, there's guys they can play with, and Sexton can grow with. No, they're not a. They're not building the, the championship core right now. But I want to see them build a playoff team. If you look at the, what teams around the NBA have done: the Knicks, the Nets a few years ago with D'Angelo Russell. They build a playoff team, and then that expands them to be an even better team with the pieces they've got, or they can attract free agents. And the Cavs need to just start winning games.
1: Well, he's going to be doing. Uh... An extension here, right? The rookie contract extension. I think the deadline's coming this fall, and that yep. extension's going to be, you know, it could be spread out over five years. But you're talking about, a, you know, north of 160 million dollars. Um, so you believe that that this Garland Sexton combo is you want to see this through?
5: I don't think he deserves the full max contract. And that, that's, that, see, that's where it's going to have to come down to is, is are you going to, like you said, 160 million? No, but but if you could find a way for 100 for 90 or 120 or you know a, a number that's that's reasonable to guys around the NBA. look at john collins he's going to be uh, a free agent who, who wants the max and, and guys like that look at the market look at what those guys are getting Sexton gets an on-market deal i just don't where are you going to get another 23 year old who averaged 24 points a game last season yeah. i i know that it was a team that didn't make the playoffs but where are you going to get somebody else like that
2: yeah Yeah, another young name out there in the NBA kind of trade streets right now. We saw yesterday that Philadelphia has opened up their phone lines for Ben Simmons and possibly working out another deal. Are you a believer in Ben Simmons right now in his game? And do you ever think that we're going to get a fully rounded offensive kind of,
5: you know, output from him year in and year out? It's such a tough question. I've gone back and forth. But my, but over the years, too, and this isn't just like, you know, everyone freaks out every playoffs, everyone freaks out. But, I mean, this is a, what a three-, four-year thing we're talking about that, that's been going on on and off and on and off. Can he shoot? Can he not shoot? Can he score the ball? Is he, can he, is he confident? All this stuff. If you look at him at his age, 24, 25 years old, he's been an all-star multiple times. Every season his team is a 50-win team with him as a top, you know, leading that team, basically. I mean, obviously they have Embiid, but, but, you know, he's, he's the guy with the ball in his hands a lot of the time. And if you look around the NBA, it's like you got to give a guy time. We get so caught up in 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 players and, and what they're doing at such a young age now because they're all so good. Trey Young, Luka Dodgers, all these guys are so good, so young. Devin Booker. It's, he's only 24, 25 years old. So I, Steph Curry made his first All-Star game at 25 years old. So it's like I think we just got to pump the brakes and say if he was 27, 28 right now, okay, maybe I I think I'd check out. But he's been on a 50-win team for like, with the last three four seasons he's an all-star every season he puts up good numbers they get four in the playoffs. they just don't they can't figure it out because of a lot of reasons i mean it's not just simmons fault but i think we just got to pump the brakes on 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 him obviously he's got to figure out how to shoot the basketball but we've got to pump the brakes and realize how old he is and how he's still got time to become a better player
1: talking with ben steiner as we talk nba with him sports illustrated and fan nation here on the brian heating and cooling systems fangus hotline uh, Aiton was so good in the first half the other night. He was rolling to the rim. He was posting up smaller dudes. He even faced up Giannis, but he got into that foul trouble. And he couldn't kind of stay in rhythm. Um, if you're the Bucks, do you kind of view this as a little bit of a roadmap to success now. If you can get this, uh, he's been so effective uh, trying to get him out of the situation. How do you feel Milwaukee will attack Game Four um, with the way it seemed to open up when Aiton got into the foul trouble?
5: Yeah, I mean for sure. And I always look at it, it's like the college game. If you look at the college game, a lot of the game is getting guys out of you know in, in foul trouble. And I feel like in the NBA it's not always a thing because it's just there's six fouls. It's 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 a different the way the game is called is different. But yeah, that's such a tactical thing. If if you can get eight out of the game, and I'm sure they did it. They did it last game. They got to try to do it again because look what it does. It's such a blow when you got a player go out to foul trouble. He can never get in rhythm. You go out, you sit on the bench. You come back, you you know, you come back in different spurts. You might you might pick up another foul, then you got to sit out again. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a that's they've got to go full force and just trying to get eight out of the game. Yeah, go so attack him. Try to give him three four fouls early.
2: Big-time news, injury news coming out of L.A. yesterday involving Kawhi Leonard and how he had work done on a partially torn ACL, I believe it was, and obviously that's going to put him out for a large amount of time next season. Have the Clippers missed their championship window? So much noise when Paul George and Kawhi were signed about them winning the tri- the chip, and it obviously hasn't happened yet, and who knows what is going to look like now with injuries already piling up. Have Have, have they missed their window?
5: Yeah, I think they have. I think we we gained. I, I mean, what Paul George did in the playoffs this season reminded everybody this Paul George is big time. He's had a lot of hiccups in playoff series. He's lost in the first round a lot of times, but he's still a big time talent. And what he did in the playoffs this year, I don't know if it was just because Kawhi also went out to get to t- carry such a big load. But you know, would that would he, would he have played so well if he if he had Kawhi with him? I don't know. But the bottom line is Paul George proved why everyone freaked out when he joined Kawhi is because look at how good George was. And you've got that with Kawhi Leonard, but you know, they're not getting younger. They're both, I mean, they're still going to be good. I mean, Paul George is not that old, but they're not getting younger. And then Kawhi got to come back from this. And who knows how Kawhi's going to respond. Remember that injury he dealt with in San Antonio, you know, it was load management. People were, were talking about for a while and, and it, and it just compounds at an older age at 30 years old, how many more games is he going to have to miss or feel comfortable with his body? I, I yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not. I don't think the Clippers are going to end up winning the championship with this pair.
2: All right, man. Team USA has cooled things down at least for a little bit after what they did last night. Are you concerned at all about them being the last team standing this summer in the Olympics?
5: I'm not concerned. At the end of the day, I mean, they have still got Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant. But I'm telling you, I always tell people 2012. You know, I'm young. 2012. You know, is the team I always think is a great team. I know the dream team was '92, but. 2012 ruined it for me. I mean, you got LeBron, Kobe, uh, all those guys on the same team, and then I look at this team, and it's like they're amazing. But there are no—it's nowhere near what I got to see in 2012, and people saw in '92 and even '08. It's just—it's a different game. I mean, they're gonna—they're gonna. They're gonna I, I'm not concerned, but it's not the powerhouse everyone seems to think it is compared to past USA teams.
1: Good stuff with our friend Ben Steiner covering the NBA for SI and Fan Nation. Ben, thanks for jumping on, man. We'll talk to you throughout. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good stuff. Ben was on the Brian Heating Cooling Systems Fangus Hotline. By the way, Booker is now twelve to one to be the MVP. He struggled in Game Three in a loss, mm-hmm. and I and I talked to some other dudes that I know that bet a lot, mm. and I agree with them that I wouldn't have adjusted those odds so drastically off a loss. Now, I told you I grabbed Giannis at four and a half to one. Yeah. Now he's got the back-to-back 40-point double-doubles. Yeah, he's good. I. It's not that I'll win this bet. I just felt the value was good enough. And I said this to J. Lou when you were off. There's no way Milwaukee's winning this series and Giannis isn't MVP. Right. So I felt like if, if I was going to bet a little with my heart, which I did, four and a half to one at that point when they were down 2-0, I thought was good. Yeah. And now that he's done this, but... It'll probably be Paul. Like, That's where I would okay. put my it'll, money it'll for the pro- Suns. Right, it'll probably be there. But now getting Booker at twelve to one. Mm-hmm. If he bounces back tonight yeah. and they win the series, now this is always in, and most of the experts will tell you it's a narrative driven thing. This MVP. That's why CP3, we have a certain amount of people vote for it. Yeah. CP three yeah. being the ag is yep. the leader. Yep. He is yep. book would have to be so above and beyond. Yeah. But if you did have book at twelve to one and he went off and they win the series, and CP3 comes back a little bit, Mm -hmm. do they give it to Chris Paul based on a lifetime achievement award that he has to be the MVP? And that's what I would worry about. The word that
2: you use, (laughs) narrative, holds the most weight. It does. When the humans are voting on this, and you nailed it, man. Everything he's been through, the injuries, and been around for a decade plus, and all of that, I think if he keeps
1: playing at this level, it's his. He or Giannis. And he probably will have to play at a certain level for them to win it. I don't think Booker can win it by himself. I saw Aiton was like 50-1. to one. He ain't winning.
2: He ain't winning. He could be really good, but he's, yeah. he's not going to win. I can't wait to see how yeah. Devin Booker responds tonight. With all yeah. defensive players hounding him, this young guy having to yeah. get off the mat after being benched, it's going to yeah. be must-see TV. I well,
1: can't wait. Well, Milwaukee knows they're going to have to play as big as they did the other day. And here's the other thing. I don't think the Suns played very well defensively. They, they had some breakdowns. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I hope it's we, gonna be, a hope game we get an even yeah. series. All right, we'll come back. Buckeye Bulletin. Rothman and Ice on the fan.
0: If it's Buckeye football you crave, you've come to the right place. And if it's day drinking you crave, you've also come to the right place. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Rothman and Ice present... Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another air conditioner breakdown. For fast, friendly
4: service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day air installation.
2: All right, AR, let's crank out this Buckeye Bulletin, show a little love to some guys living their dream. A couple baseball players over there for Ohio State. Ohio State pitcher Seth Lonsway, selected by the San Francisco Giants, who have the best record in Major League Baseball right now, in the sixth round.
1: Love seeing this. You know what's interesting? He was drafted by your club out of high school. Red Lakes? Yes. He was drafted okay. in 2017 by your dudes. Um, and certainly he set high school records for strikeouts during his senior year. He had 92. Uh, came to Ohio State a uh, second-team freshman All-American right away, and he was a team captain his junior season, so happy for him and Ohio kid. Yeah, that's absolutely great. Another guy pitching for the Scarlet and Gray,
2: Jack Neely, selected in the 11th round by the pinstripe,
1: those New York Yankees. So Jack Neely is a, a strapping young lad at 6'8", hmm. 2 and a quarter. Okay. And he... he He was in about a dozen games this year. He made about nine starts. And ERA wasn't great, but um, a bunch of strikeouts, as you would expect. San Antonio kid. Mm -hmm. And so he's... I think he certainly passes the look test, and we'll see what happens with him. What, where did you say he got drafted? He got
2: drafted in the 11th round, and it looks like there's another pitcher out here. CB check this out for me. Garrett Burnham, excuse me if I got the name wrong. He was selected in the 9th round. So these Yeah, are, it's Burhan. Burhan. Yeah, Thank Burhan's you. the Indi- Indianapolis kid. So he's gone yeah. there in the 9th round. So a couple guys, man, obviously getting yeah. some recognition. I think that's absolutely tremendous you know you look at the brand that is the yankees obviously that's very strong the only problem i have with this is now he's gonna have to shave off his facial hair if he has any which i think is the stupidest rule in sports just it's ridiculous
1: i didn't know that they still did that
2: yeah it's just like why are we doing this we're all grown i can rock whatever facial hair i want oh
1: they made Corey Kluber do it yeah yeah it's just ridiculous Mm
2: -hmm. why as long as it's lined up and tight you can't have anything you got to be a baby face assassin out there like Steph Curry. Who wants that? Nobody. And it's not even for the look. It's just the pain in the butt of shaving. Yeah, it's it's awful. Now, look, it's the Yankees, and they're going to pay a lot of money, and it's New York, but come on, Brian Cashman. Relax a little bit, big dog. Those pinstripes, baby. Can't take your eyes off those pinstripes. And their unis so are kind of just, all right. Uh, yeah. But Jack Neely, go hold it down out there at the Big Apple,
1: man. Sure yeah. these guys will be fine. And wear his ten gallon hat. Mm. Um that's that's good stuff. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh what else you got for me? Anything else? I'll mention Baltimore? this real yeah. quick.
2: David Liley Lighty, excuse yeah. me, signs an extension with L D L C mm-hmm. and he is gonna be out there in France Doing the darn thing again, man. He's been out there getting buckets, and we talked about him, what, winning that MVP, that finals most valuable player for the second time in his career after dropping 20 points in the closeout game, and he absolutely out is going to go out there and get some new coin and deservedly so. So, David Lighty, man, holding it down overseas, and uh, we'll get a look at him
1: here fairly soon,
2: right? It's got to be right around yeah, the corner. All-around
1: great player, 6'6", yeah. uh ton of steals. Um, one of the Thad Five in that class, and was you know could shoot the three, played physical as well. Like he was really a, a both ends of the smooth floor kind of guy, man. smooth jumper yeah. too, man. I, I don't, I'd like to look up CB where he is all time in Ohio State history for for threes because I I I don't think most people think of him that way. Yeah, they just think of him as kind of like this the glue guy and this yeah. kind of like. Uh, All sixth man kind of thing, but I remember him being able to really shoot the lights out. So solid player for sure. Congratulations to him, right? Congrats to him. All right, that is today's Buckeye Bulletin. We will come back. We'll do a Sports Center update here at top of the hour. We'll come back with a deep dive. We'll get into the quarterback situation this year, and then the latest on Richard Sherman. Adam Schefter has an update as well. We'll pass that along to you next. Rothman and Ice on the Fan.
0: Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and Ice feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. Sponsored by United Dairy Farmers. Miss filling up before gas prices went up? Get UDF's low price lock with U-Drive.
1: Rothman and Ice, third hour. Chops on the update desk for us. CB steering the ship. Anthony Rothman, Maddie Ice-Hayes. Good job, CB. Lighty is 10th all-time in threes made? That is correct. Okay. That's that's solid stuff. In buckets, man. Uh, What is uh, a little disturbing here is this story with Richard Sherman that he was allegedly, well, he's been arrested. That's a fact. And the police in Washington State say that it all went down around 2 a.m. Officers showed up to a residence in the Redmond area. They received a call from people inside the house Claimed a family member who did not live there was trying to break in. Cops say they arrived on the scene and they identified Sherman as the suspect. And claim he became uncooperative. Claim he became combative. When they started questioning him, he allegedly fought with them. And then TMZ is reporting that the cops had to release the hound. Now, when is it... When you say fought with them, is this verbal or physical? Don't no, no. Okay. I, I would think it would be physical if you had to release the canine yeah, that's, yeah. to take him down yeah, and help bring him into custody. Yeah. Cops say he was taken to the hospital, be looked at for the possible injuries before he eventually, they booked him in county jail. Now, the Redmond PD spokesperson, spokesperson also tells the Washington State Patrol is involved in the case. And this is the new twist that Schefter reported The chairman allegedly crashed his car into a cement freeway barrier before he then abandoned the vehicle and then went on foot to the house. How close could that have been? I don't know. And the jail records show that he's still behind bars. This is the future Hall of Famer. This is a 33-year-old dude who is trying to latch back onto a team in the NFL and wait for the right situation. This is a burglary domestic violence charge, which in Washington state is a felony. And the details around it, really unclear of what caused, allegedly, him to go into this
2: rage. So when we have stories like this, you never want to assume anything, right? But based off of some of the things that you mentioned, the time, his aggression, fleeing the scene in a vehicle... I think a lot of people's minds may go to, well, was he intoxicated with anything? I don't know. Like I'm saying, don't want to assume anything, but I think your mind can get there when you kind of go through those little bullet points there of this story. So obviously not good. And when you mention the situation there with the possible physical situation with police and having to release the hound, for me personally, that gets really scary. Because we know what we've gone through in this country with certain uh, stories that we don't need to talk about. But I think a lot of people know what I'm alluding to. And for certain people, that can go left very, very quickly. So he should be very lucky if that situation is what it may be. Mm. And he may be lucky in that moment that he was Richard Sherman in the state of Washington where he played football at a high level. So... We'll see what happens, but that's where my mind went with some of those details.
1: Yeah, it's the whole thing from, from what he's alleged to have done, uh, which might have been very scary for the occupants in the house, to then how it could how it went sideways. Um, it sounds to me, though, that the car situation was prior to this, meaning whatever emotions happened on the road, and if it's true that he did crash the vehicle or, or you know, peel off off an exit and then abandon the car in a place that was close to this house and then took off to the house to me it sounds like the order was crash then to the home then the cops then to the hospital then to jail yeah we'll see man but, that's all yeah, we got because right? i don't know the fleeing i don't know i don't know okay i don't he, think he fleed police from the car though he did leave but the- i don't think the i don't think the police were chasing him well, I'm just maybe My point in his is they mind. They
2: found the car later. He may have been doing something he knew he wasn't supposed to be doing in a
1: car, right? Maybe that they called it a hit and run. Okay, but I don't think the hit was someone else or another car. It okay. sounds to me like he hit a barrier, and they then got a call: "Hey, a car struck something." Yeah, and then they show up. They find this car in a nearby parking lot. No one's there. They check the registration. It comes back. The hit is Richard Sherman. Right. Yeah.
2: So this story has developed a ton today, even since we talked to Schefter at 1230. We've got new details on it, and I'm sure no. it won't be the last.
1: No. Um, all right. Well, and the good news is it doesn't sound like anybody was hurt. Right. But it's, right. it's clearly a, a nightmare situation for him, a guy who is hanging on to his NFL career, whatever it is, mm-hmm. going to have a gold jacket. Yeah. And now... We have this as a, as, a, as a legacy, you know, potential, remembrance. All right, we'll we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on that. You brought me up to something today. You brought me up to speed on something today yeah. where, you know, and maybe this is, this is Patrick Mahomes having lost the Super Bowl last year mm. and having a little bit of an edge now, a, maybe more of an edge than he already had. So as you know, all these guys are out at Tahoe this past
2: weekend, and it's great. It's a who's who at this thing every single year, <laughs> and there's been a video floating around. And I believe there's a fan where Patrick Holmes is walking up the fairway or walking out of the rough or whatever, and they throw out a little statement about
1: Justin Herbert and paraphrasing. I'll give you exactly what he said. Hey, Patrick, watch out for Justin Herbert next year. And Patrick
2: drops, I'll see it when I believe it. Now, Pat, you've got the phrase all messed up. He's got it backwards, Correct. I'll believe it when I see it is what he should have said, but I'll, I'll give it I'll give him a pass in the yeah. heat of the moment. He's got his words a little jumbled up. But now we've got <laughs> Patrick coming back out and saying his trash talk was taken out of context. Okay. Now this
1: that, seems very
2: casual to me. I think his initial reaction is the competitor in the real feel of Patrick Mahomes right now when it comes to Justin Herbert. Because you and I, AR, have talked so much about this Bryson DeChambeau and brooks Keck rivalry, and you brought up the point of Brooks is looking at Bryson and saying, well, wait a minute. Why is Bryson getting all this love, and I've been doing this? And maybe the knee-jerk reaction from Mahomes is – well, Herbert's one offensive rookie of the year, and this has been the offseason of hyping up Justin Herbert and really, really, uh, having, you know, serious conversations about what the Chargers can be, not only in the division, but maybe even in the postseason based off of what we saw. So I think his initial reaction is how he really feels. He may not have true beef with Justin mm-hmm. Herbert, but he's looking at that dude, that fan yelling that at him saying, well, have you seen what I've done? have you seen what i've done in the nfl so far and i'll i'll believe it when i see it or like he said
1: i'll see it when i believe it maybe that's what he meant no maybe he really did mean that like i don't believe it so if i eventually do believe it i'll be seeing this it. is the new the ceiling is the roof right here
2: <laughs> this is the new The CBI, ceiling is the roof. i right just
1: passed along the uh the tweet potentially of Patrick Mahomes saying this, you can listen to it and see, scroll down, and you'll hear the fans say it, and then maybe you can play it for us. Because I I have not heard this, yeah. I've only seen it written, and I will tell you that this seems very casual. This seems like Patrick Mahomes walking down a golf course, a fan says, hey, look out for Justin Herbert, I'll see it when I believe it, which is funny, because now you got me saying it. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, and I think that's a normal reaction. I don't think this is anything other than what it is. I I honestly don't. But here's the thing: he didn't have to say anything. oh well, he's just having fun no, with friends. Hey, a, we're 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 still. If there was it, kingdom, man, I, I just
2: think his competitive.
1: Juices got going yeah. just a little. Why bit. Why wouldn't they? Of it's course. A, but I don't think it was anything that over the top. That's what so I'm saying. This isn't personal. Yeah. I don't think.
0: No. Let's see. Let's see what it's like. Watch out for Justin Herbert next
1: year. I'll see you when I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. But they're hey, they're division rival.
2: That's of course it. He's like, getting, he knows how you know. talented he is. And this is a, hey, we're seeing each other maybe 15 more times in our career in the regular season alone, maybe even more. Who knows, depending on if these guys are obviously in KC and in LA for a very long time. But I think this is great for the NFL. We've, we had for the longest Brady, and Manning, and those guys, and Drew Brees, all three of those guys going back and forth and back and forth. And now we have Mahomes as the new crowned young gem of the league, the guy that's ready to take over Mm. when Rodgers and Brady go off and do their thing. He's been the guy that's handed the keys. The GOAT label's already been thrown on his name, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous already. But yeah, this is it. And especially if Herbert's going to follow what he did a year ago, which was absolutely tremendous winning offensive rookie of the year. And Who knows? Maybe Joey B wins it if he stays healthy, but we can't take anything away from Herbert. But I think this is what we want. And I haven't seen anything from Justin Herbert. I can't imagine he'll clap back. Maybe he will. But I think this is good right here
1: right before training camp. I love it. There's nothing to me it's it's normal. It's what he would what anyone would say. Some guys may just give you that wry smile as you're walking down the fairway. Patrick Mahomes, this is nothing he has to take back. I don't know why he'd be walking it back. There's it's I don't think it was disrespect. Like you said, personally to Justin Herbert, this is more of a team response. Now, well, I don't know if it's team response. I think I just think that this is more of a. I I think Patrick Mahomes put it in the category of the Chargers are coming for you, not just Herbert. It was Herbert and the Chargers is how maybe he perceived it. I, I don't think I it was think just the like way he Herbert's perce- coming to grab your crown. I think that's the way. That's the way would hit me. Okay,
2: because think he's been hearing the noise all offseason. He just lost a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All that I, stuff. I do think that that contributes. But I think I'm going to stick with my his first reaction he is, is how the, if the we right had end. got him off the record, that's what he would tell us. Yeah. All right. So I'll believe the it.
1: so the sit down interview after the round if a true media member said, "Hey, what do you think of Justin Herbert and the Chargers?" he would have given you the, "Hey, Miraculous twenty twenty six, great kid, a lot of talent there. Look forward to playing him no twice question. a year. That's going to be a great. Year. We would get the no normal doubt. stock. We wouldn't get the I'll believe it yes. when I see it. And this is and I love because that's
2: who these guys really are. Like we always yeah. get, like you're saying, we always get the stock answers, the robot answers from these guys. Enough of that. These are the moments that I love in sports right here, where his ego kicks in
1: <laughs> a little bit
2: and says, "No man, I'm Pat Mahomes. This dude hasn't done anything in the FC West yet."
1: No, Hunter Henry. Yeah. Right. Yep. He'll have Jared cook. Yep. But, and they did, they did help him on the offensive line. A lot of help on the offensive line. I mean, his numbers were (laughs) silly, ridiculous. It's one of the great, honestly, the guy that should be doing a lot of talking is Justin Herbert because (coughs) we all were, but he was, and I mentioned this the other day, there was such a feast or famine to him in college there were times where he looked bad and there were times where he looked great mm-hmm. and I could understand why and that's why quarterback is the most difficult thing to try to identify from college to the pros mm-hmm. and it, it's every year and that's why I love it and so but the fact that he got handed the starting job an hour before a game oh, poor Tyrod because Tyrod needs a man a, a pain shot jeez for his ribs, and it punctures a lung. That's nuts, man. That couldn't feel good. And this dude still finished. I mean, to get thrown into the mix, I mean, this is, I'm trying to think where we would draft him. What what number quarterback is he going in fantasy? Oh, God. I'd it depends wait. on Rodgers. Yeah, I'd wait.
2: He ain't giving us, well, he I'm might. not saying
1: no wait. I'm just saying what number does he go? He's going between six and eight around that range. It's a little rich for me. You take Rodgers over him, wouldn't you? Slightly, I think. Yeah, yeah you yeah, take yeah. Russ over him, you take Dak over him, you take Allen over him, Kyler Lamar, you take all Mahomes yeah, they, over they, him. They
2: bring more in fantasy.
1: Lamar over him?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean Lamar's. You get a player and a half. Kyler, how many have I mentioned now? Eight, seven. I Russ mentioned is technically
1: eight. going behind him currently in ADP. Okay. I think I got to the point where I would take Herbert over Brady. With those weapons? Did I say that out loud? You said said that out
2: loud. You you did. (laughs) I got to roll with Tommy, man. I I can't roll with the youngster. I think he's going to be a monster, too, and you're right. His numbers were absolutely Mm cray-cray a season ago. Uh, But for Mm -hmm. right now, if you're
1: telling me I got to roll with Tom Mm -hmm. or Justin Herbert, give me Tom, man. I I'll make this statement. I yeah. think you'll get more touchdowns from Tom. I think you'll get a lot more yards from Her, from Herbert. Uh, I think picks could be comparable. And at the end of the day, you might get around the same points. I think they're close. I don't think it's clear cut. I don't think it'd be a, a large gap either. Yeah. I, I think don't. you'd feel. I'd feel. I think you'd feel safe floor with with Tom. Fairly safe floor with Herbert. Yeah, you're just wondering can he follow that up mm-hmm. when you know what Tom is.
2: He's got it all. Yeah. And I forgot how big of a dude he is. Six six two thirty two forty with that cannon of an, can an arm. Can move. He put out you know a little uh, Instagram post of him in the lab. He's getting it in, throwing around some iron. He's got it all, Cut man. Cut that hair off. You right? mentioned the Yeah, you mentioned the offensive line help he got. Mm-hmm. Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, who we talked about a ton uh, in the mm-hmm. all season, yep. fell to them, and they brought in some other guys that are really going to help him because that was a weakness for them. And you got one of the best wide receivers outside, cooking DBs, and Keenan Allen. It's a good formula for you, man.
1: Yeah, I was going back to like, yeah, I think it got taken out of context. Mahomes told USA Today, I was talking some trash to all those Raiders and Broncos and Chargers fans out there. I have a ton of respect for him as a player. Mm-hmm. For him to come out in year one and play at that level is a special thing. See what happens when you get in front of them? Exactly. Not a lot of guys can do that. I know I'll have a lot of tough games against him uh-huh. in the future. So it's kind of a joking matter that I think blew up on Twitter like most things do. Well said, Patrick Mahomes. Twitter. Exactly truth next Rothman and Ice on the fan
0: every time common man starts to yell there's always a chance he strokes out so that's something I guess common man and T-bone weekdays from 3 to 6 the fan they're both former athletes for a reason good thing they can talk sports you're listening to Rothman and Ice alright welcome
1: back before truth I'm going to give you the truth on taking care of yourself encourage you to do it I've done it And it's easier than you think at low T center because they make it quick and easy to get all your levels checked. Zip in, zip out, get the numbers you need, not just your testosterone levels. It's a comprehensive health assessment. You're going to get all of them important to your health. Get the baseline, know where you're starting, and that way you can get on a journey to become healthier. And feeling tired, I get it, lack of motivation and drive, we've all had excuses, enough of them. And if you've noticed some weight gain, it's not too late to turn the corner and get back going in the right direction. Low T Center is going to help determine the cause of your symptoms, help you get back to feeling your best. Could be low T, could be low thyroid, could be sleep apnea, could be something else. Let them help you. Starts with that quick and easy health assessment. Great news, it's covered by most health insurance. So no more excuses. Want you to call now or go online. Lowtcenter.com. That's the best place to go. Uh, make an appointment. Get all the information you need because Loti Center has reinvented men's healthcare.
0: Tell the truth with Rothman and Ice.
1: All right, your dime, your dance floor, big dog, upside all right. down so pineapple. Let's
3: say, yeah, let's let's hope I can pronounce this correctly because it's Brooklyn-based Van Lewin ice cream.
1: It's releasing a mm. craft macaroni and cheese-flavored French ice cream. Gross. Would you give this a taste? Well, I mean, who's going to turn down ice cream? But there's nothing appealing. There's nothing appealing about it for me. I'm not, you're the mac and cheese guy.
2: Mm. Mac and cheese, mac, mac and cheese. not kind of um, disgusting, really. I'm completely out, AR. Yeah. I'm completely out on this. Like, we're doing too much with snacks in the world. We're doing too much. Too many chip flavors that I don't need. Mm. All this type of stuff going on. It's completely out of bounds. Mac and cheese, flavored french ice cream what are we doing i don't even I want think i like it as not a savory. as a candle for you exactly definitely not taste definitely it definitely not lighting a no mac and cheese candle at my spot no this is a terrible idea i don't know why this is happening and i hope it flops on his face we need these ideas completely I mean, out of our world
1: you might take a taste after are we well maybe maybe right about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh just find out
4: right now today is true.
3: Okay, our daily fan poll, mm. sponsored by Riker Kia. It's would you who would you be betting on to win the Open Championship this weekend? John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, or
1: other? Other means the field, or just one other guy? One other, one other guy. Because you give me the field, I'll take the field all day long. Even with those big names you just mentioned, based on the fact that weird things happen at Royal St. Georgie, boy. Mm. Uh, by the way, I do believe this was the same course that and i know i'm just gonna fly over you guys again this is the same course that james bond played goldfinger in the it's not or you don't even know what i'm talking don't about don't even know you play a Schlesinger one don't you goldfinger well this is a Schlesinger seven i have my Penfold's hearts all right you guys don't know that no one. sorry By you the say way.
2: you mentioned james bond you know where my mind went never yeah. seen it don't know who no, he is no 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 no
1: mrs barry Halle Berry, James Bond. Oh, yeah, that's, that's where my right. mind
2: goes when you mention Walking James out of Bond. The ocean that, in that orange,
1: orange two piece. That's a dub right there yeah. for us. With maybe a knife and a sheath on the on the yep. left side. Yeah, that's a win. There's an interesting thing about about Goldfinger for you, you Bond fans out there. As I branch off, as he walks <laughs> into the pro shop. Next time you see Goldfinger, as he walks into the pro shop, up in the corner is a endorsement. For, I think McGregor for Jack Nicklaus and what makes it kind of interesting to me is that I've noticed this and I told a friend about it Goldfinger came out in 1964 and Jack at the time I'm trying to think when he won his first so he won the Masters in sixty three. so that would be a year and he, I think he won PGA that year as well probably won the Open in the early 60s so in Goldfinger, there's a great picture of, of Buckeye Jack Nicholas in the Pro Shop in the movie. That's sweet. Yeah. But I give me the names again. Rom, Kepka, Speeth, Or other. Or other. I'm gonna lean towards boy, both boys. Speeth loves it over there, man. And Kepka's a he's a major beast. And Rom just has one. Unpredictable stuff out there. Gimme Rom. I'll ride the wave with yeah, the Rambo. I'll, I'll ride the wave with him. It's a good choice
2: out of yeah. you, no doubt. You know where I'm invested Team BK. Team BK all day long. Riding with Kepka, CB
3: handle the truth. And one more (laughs) quick one. So could we see Lonzo Ball back in L.A.? It sounds like reports
2: suggest that the Lakers would love to add him this offseason. I don't know how financial exactly where I going. Financially, how's this thing going to get done? Sign and trade. Kawhi might eat up an extension there as he should. And uh, yeah, Lonzo Ball, man, he has really turned a corner, especially offensively. Coming out of college, shot it at 41% clip from three. The form was funky. We all talked about that a ton. But he's figured it out. He yes. shot it really well. In New Orleans, the defense and the passing has always been there. So now if this three-point shot is legit, this dude's going to be a problem running the point.
1: I think they should do it. Yeah, I they mean, should. I mean, the king, you got to invest in the king still. you got to help LeBron as much as he's you can. He's talking the Clippers. No, I was talking the Lakers.
2: No, he's talking the They're Lakers. They're both out there, though. Both stories are out yeah. there. It's reported as well that the Clippers are definitely in on this, too. Which and I guess the question be is, be is,
3: which one's better for him?
2: Well, well what, it's got to be the Lakers next what's year. What's going on with uh, Schroeder? Well, that could be a signing trade possibility yeah. as well. But with the Clippers, Lonzo's not looking at that as they're winning a chip next year. You don't know what Kawhi's going to do. Kawhi may not even be back until into the playoffs for next year. So him coming back to Cali, I'm sure his home state absolutely is appealing. But if you're in win-now mode, you got to rock out with the King and AD. Yeah. I like it.
0: Ah!
1: All right, a lot of questions. Not huge questions, but curious questions about the Buckeye football team going into camp. Spencer Holbrook will jump on next from Letterman Row, and we'll maybe examine this defense on what they can be to try to help Ohio State over the top to win the natty. That's next. Rothman and Ice on The Fan.
0: Constantly interrupting valuable airtime to sell $3 stickers. What a business plan. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The hardest-working show in the business, or at least at this station, in their time slot. This is Rothman and Ice. All right, we're
1: back at it, an inching closer to Buckeye football. And we go to the Bryant Heating Coin Systems fan guest hotline, bring on our friend from Letterman Row, Spencer Holbrook. Spence, good to have you back, man. How you been? Hey, thank-
6: good, I'm doing well. Thanks
1: for having me, guys. So... You had a couple dudes last year on that defense that had just absolutely outstanding years. And you had certainly uh, Togi, who's gone, uh, Coop, who's gone, Haskell Garrett uh, is back. Is he the one to watch on this defense? Is there, I mean, certainly Zach and Tyreek Smith and Jack Sawyer and certainly JTT. Um, but, I mean, is there a dude that you expect to live up to all expectations this year?
6: I think it's got to be Zach Harrison, and I know a lot of attention is going to be paid to to Haskell Garrett and to Jack Sawyer and to JTT, but but Jack, Zach Harrison's kind of been the guy who if he would have had a normal offseason last year, I think we would have been talking about him this light last August and last July, and I, I just think that, that now is the time for him to really step up. You know, The three-year Larry Johnson plan worked out for, for both bosses, It worked out for Chase Young. In year three, now it has a chance to work out for Zach Harrison. If Zach Harrison can have the kind of year that that we figured he would have as a junior. I think he's got a chance to be the guy on the defensive line, but I think his job's made a little bit easier if you line him up beside a guy like Haskell Garrett. If you line him up opposite of Tyreek Smith or, or – you know, uh, JTT or Jack Sawyer. So I think it's going to be the entire defensive line as a whole, maybe a collective effort. But if I had to pick one guy, it'd definitely be Zach Harrison.
2: Yeah, man. He's got all the traits, man. He definitely has all the traits. He definitely looks the part. Wanted to ask you about these LBs, these linebackers, because I think a lot of the focus this offseason is how the secondary is going to bounce back and rightfully so with the taste that was left in our mouths in that national championship game. But you lose a ton there and that linebacker, linebacker room. Uh, who do you think are going to be the guys that we're going to be locking in on when it comes to Al Washington's group?
6: Well, I think it's going to be another another effort where you, you kind of see a little bit of a shuffle there at the beginning. But I really, I'm keying in on a guy like Cody Simon. I think second year player who who had a weird season last year with with the pandemic and, and just not getting developed like he should have um, just by default. But I think he's got a chance to really show himself as one of the the dominant guys that's going to be a staple of this defense for the next couple of years. I think if Cody Simon plays well. Alongside Taraja Mitchell, Dallas Gant, Kevon Pope, the guys you know, the, the the guys we already expect are going to be in that mix. I think if Cody Simon plays well, this defense can go and and do really good things. I think he's a game changer. I think he's a dynamic athlete that you can put anywhere on the field at linebacker.
1: Uh, let's keep moving along then on that defense. Uh, Banks certainly came along. They all were gonna. have they, A lot of the dudes were gonna have trouble in the national championship game against Bama. Um, I don't think there's any real shame in that, but you got to beat them. You got to get over them. And I'm just, what's your confidence level? um, And certainly Banks being a premier guy and then also uh, the entire secondary to be able to step up now.
6: I know that, that it's easy to kind of make excuses for that Alabama game. But, but really, when you look at it, Ohio State didn't have anyone else to put on the field in the secondary. I mean, that secondary was banged up last year. Even if it wasn't a COVID year, the secondary would have been banged up. And then you add guys who entered the protocol and came out of the protocol and were back off the field for 14 days. And, you know, you can go down the line. I think this secondary is due for a big turnaround. I think they've heard the chatter of, you know, Indiana torched them last year. Penn State, you know, John Dotson torched them last year. Penn State, Alabama torched them. Trevor Lawrence even almost had 400 yards passing against them. I think they you hear that chatter for an entire year, and, and you see the talent that's that's built up in that room for Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes to work with. I can't see a world where the secondary struggles again this year. And I don't know exactly who that is. Is it Cameron Brown on the other island uh, opposite Seven Banks? Is it Ryan Watts? Does Kerry Combs go back to the three man rotation as starter? Uh, The safety spots, you know, really interesting too. I I just released a depth chart projection there uh, on LettermanRoad.com today. But that secondary is going to be turned around. At you. Who it is, that's up up in the air, but I think you're going to see a much improved unit.
2: Run us through how you feel about the safeties. We know Josh Proctor's been around for a little bit now, and he's always flashed every once in a while, maybe not as consistent as he wants it, but your confidence that a guy like Josh Proctor and the rest of the safety group will be able to be that last line of defense and do it at a, a very consistent level?
6: Well, it, it's kind of interesting because... We we evaluated Josh Proctor as he's the prototype NFL body and athleticism that you want at safety, and, and he really is. He's the total package when you look at him from a physical standpoint. It was always a mental thing and a you know a, a cerebral thing with Josh Proctor just trying to get the game down in his head. This off season though, this spring, he kind of struck me. We were talking to him on a Zoom call in, in the middle of the spring, and he, instead of saying you know he wants to use his athleticism, he wants to use his his physical nature to to get better. He was talking about communication. And being a leader of the secondary, and, and you didn't hear that from him the first couple of years on campus. And I think, I think he's one of those guys that he's always kind of gotten it from a, a physical point of view, but now he's kind of starting to get it and why Ohio State does what it does on defense and why he needs to be where he is. And I think once you get a guy with that level of physicality and that who's that gifted on you know as the last line of defense, who also gets it from the mental point of view and and gets the why he's doing what he's doing, I I think Josh Proctor's got a chance to be you know the sky's the limit for him he could be an all-american he could be a a, you know first or second round draft pick he could be that player if he if he really is what i think he could be this season
1: spencer holbrook with us from letterman row you think there's could be a quarterback battle Uh, it seems like that they're all very close even though if there is they're on paper there seems to be a pecking order do you think this thing could get shuffled
6: uh, you know that's a good question, Rothman. I think I think there is a a little bit of a pecking order. I think you know the coaches will be lying if they said with a straight face that that they didn't have maybe a little bit of an idea. But I also think you know. Kyle McCord was a lot more impressive in the spring than I think a lot of people thought he would be coming straight out of the gate as a true freshman. I think Jack Miller showed some things that made the coaches say, "Well, he he's got a chance." And and you know, then you got CJ Stroud who wowed everybody in the spring game. He's been the, you know, the heir apparent by, you know, most fans' point of view um, for, for the last 2 years since he committed to Ohio State on on signing day and you wonder, is there a pecking order, is there not? I don't know, heading into fall. I would say there is right now. I think the coaches probably have an idea of what's going what's gonna to happen there. But then you get into fall camp and somebody wows you, and you might have to reconsider that. So right now I, I would still lean C.J. Stroud. Um, and I think Vegas is doing the same with the odds for the Heisman. But, um, you know, anything could happen once fall camp gets started because all three guys certainly are, are talented enough to win the Big Ten. I think the question will have to be, coaching staff has to answer now is you can win the big 10 with any of the three which one of them wins you a national championship
2: yeah that's the it's always the key man that absolute question right there that you just asked the running backs i'm intrigued by Mayan williams i think master t may get the first crack at this thing travion henderson's a hot name as a young guy that has a lot of talent as well but i liked what i saw from Mayan williams and, and i get it, in a very very small sample size but how do you see him fitting into that running back rotation this year
6: you know you're not alone in, in, in being impressed with those that really small sample size. I think Myan Williams is a guy who was underrated. He put that you know put that big chip on his shoulder last year as an underrated guy, only three star guy, and you know everybody wanted it from that recruiting class they wanted B. John Robinson who's at Texas now. They wanted Jalen Knight who's at Miami now, and they, or they wanted Kendall Milton who's at Georgia now. They ended up with Mayan Williams, and I think people were a little dissatisfied with that. But now when you look back, you think, wow, they got a steal with Mayan Williams is only a three star guy. I think he's got. A chance to be the starter. I think when you look at the way Master Teague has progressed in his career, I think you kind of know what you're going to get with Master Teague. I think there's a little bit of an unknown with Mayan Williams, a little bit of an unknown with a couple of these other guys in the room. And when you look at a guy like Mayan Williams, I think he adds something to the offense that maybe you don't get from a Master Teague, and maybe you don't even get from a young younger Travion Henderson. And so, you know, Mayan Williams has a chance. I I would pick him as the starter, maybe by a week two or three, because I think he's got a, a really good skill set. I think he fits what the Buckeyes want to do in the run game.
1: Good stuff with our friend Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row. Good to have you, my man. Be well. We'll talk to you again soon. Always nice talking to you guys. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Thanks, Spence. Man. He was on the Bright Heating Cooling Systems Fangest Highline. College football is here, and the
2: reason why I'm saying that is because I, go, I went out there during one of the breaks and on the TVs, I see Lincoln Riley up there at Big 12 Media Days. Like, this is it, man. Football season is right around. I don't want to say right around the corner, but it's fairly close. When you see college football media days getting going and training camp just a couple weeks away, start to get the juices yeah. going a little bit, man. Yeah.
1: NFL as well. It's another interesting sidebar to the circus that has been a little bit of Jacksonville uh, yeah. this summer, yeah. and another story continuing. And I'll tell you that when we come back in the drill, Rothman and Ice in the fan.
4: This is Ohio State basketball coach Chris Holtman on your home for Buckeye basketball, the fan. The fan. Ohio's sports
0: destination. It's time for the NFL Two Minute Drill. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. Stop snoring and start sleeping now. Visit sleepbettercolumbus.com today. All right, NFL
1: Two Minute Drill. More for Urban Meyer to have to deal with. And this is part of what. you know, comes with the miscalculation of hiring Chris Doyle, who was fired by Iowa for alleged uh, racial environment, racial words, racially hostile environment, um, how he treated players. There's a huge $20 million racial discrimination civil lawsuit against Iowa by eight former players. So that's ongoing. And part of that is the driving force of this, that the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Iowa now is has issued subpoenas to the Jags and Urban Meyer on any electronic transmissions, any texts, all this communication during the hiring of the former University of Iowa strength coach, Chris Doyle, in February, which then, when the backlash came... They immediately separated, and Doyle resigned, so he was employed with them for about two days or less right and so the jags are cooperating they're going to to give out whatever information, but it makes you think like Man, this is another thing that urbans had to, to contend with here going into the NFL and you know the stuff that he had with wanting. I think Jimmy Johnson's out there saying he was really frustrated with the lack of time he was able to spend with his players. So they violated the that's, rules on OT. Got that big fine. So they got fined along with some other teams, but yeah, he did. He really got fined. And yeah. and now this. So and you had the whole kind of now Tebow thing
2: as well. That not a lot yeah. of people loved. And look, that's fine. But this stuff with Doyle, like the word that just kept popping up when we were talking about that story, was just unnecessary. It was an unnecessary hire, in my opinion, and that. Is such a hard sell, almost an impossible sell, in a locker room when you have that guy attached to the stories that are attached to his name. Bad. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, because it goes through your mind like there was only a couple things that you could have: is you either believed no one would care, or believed he didn't do any of the right. stuff he's accused of. You hope it's the latter. Right. You hope you wouldn't hire him. Because you liked him yeah. and you thought he was a really good strength coach and you decided, well, this is my team and no one will care. Mm-hmm. That quickly got, it's a different world. got doused. It's a different world. You right? have to believe that after conversations he had with him, he was confident that he could help his team and that the stuff in his background was not true. But he got a $20 million discrimination lawsuit going on yeah. that he's a part of, right. Doyle, and what he's been accused of. And now I can't imagine that anything happened during his hiring that would lead to anything with this. I can't imagine it was discussed. Although, if there was, if his past was discussed and it's on record, then you might have a little something. But I I just can't imagine.
2: It'd be like, for whatever reason, a CB moved on and they decided to hire somebody that had a little bit of a dicey past, like what Chris Doyle has. I ain't having that. I don't want to be around that dude. I don't want to work with him every single day. And I have to imagine some of those players felt the same way.
1: And I get it. Yeah. Unless you believed wholly that he was wrongfully accused and that none of it happened. And you'd have to really believe it because you're hooking yourself, you're attaching yourself with that guy. Is he that important? Right. Even if even if even if you believe it didn't happen, Mm -hmm. you have to understand the perception of it. And not only the perception what might be real about it that might come down the road mm-hmm. like this wasn't a cut and dried where okay point. the civil lawsuit happened yeah. they didn't win it yeah. we move forward nothing's going to come back to haunt me it may have happened but it wasn't proven in right, court right this is still pending a good point man
2: That's a really good point I, absolutely so Another story today where we just got to see how it unfolds with uh, Richard Sherman and now the situation down in Jacksonville. You're seeing what uh, old Russell Wilson's saying, Mr. Unlimited. Hey, my relationship with Pete Carroll is stronger than ever. And how about this? We have everything we need and everything we want. Now, Russ, I don't know if you should be making that statement after what you pulled this offseason saying you have everything you want because you weren't happy with what you had already. Now, they made some tweaks there. Hey, it's all good in the hood up there in Seattle right now with Russell and Pete
1: Carroll, man. He literally came out and had his agent list four teams that he'd (laughs) rather play for. And then when it didn't happen, it was like, wait a minute, I didn't say anything. these dudes, man. No, but the guy that you pay to represent you has. (laughs) You may want to check with, see what the right hand is doing.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. Where are you taking Russ in fantasy? Where are we getting him at?
1: You know I like Russ. I've had him in fantasy before. I'm a little worried, though, yeah. this year with them
0: talking
2: about they want to run the Rock again. You know how Pete is, man. Like That's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Defense and run. Defense and run. Last year was amazing for us with letting Russ cook for a nice chunk of time throughout the season. But with Russ, you know he's going to be there. he told the there. ringer yeah. the other day he wants to keep on cooking. Okay, so there <laughs> you go. So maybe, maybe everything isn't all good already, but he's easy top ten, isn't he? Top seven. Quarterbacks? Top yeah, yeah, easy. Easy, yeah. Yeah.
1: easy. Yeah, he he is. He, this, his struggles last year. I, I I'm with you. I'm I'm a little more in avoidance mode, but eventually there'll be a value slot for him where you need a quarterback. You didn't reach on one, mm-hmm. and he's there. Yeah, and no then doubt. those two roads might intersect. and You'd be like, fine, because yeah. um, over the course of his career, which has been almost 150 games, he's had top 12 numbers in you know, a lot of his games. And so, he's got better numbers technically than Drew Brees over that time. Mm, That's always good. So, you know, he's never finished a year in CB, babe, correct? He's ever finished a year outside of, like, the top 12 in quarterbacks. So... I think you have a really, really safe floor, and it, like I said, if you don't reach, then he's probably your guy. I'm trying to think if you wait on a quarterback, and you know, I've asked our experts that question. If you're in that wait mode, who's the must-have wait guy? He might be. Uh, I would take him probably ahead of. I take him ahead of Stafford. Ooh. I want Stafford. I'm in on that this in year. In fantasy, I'm buying you take the hype. Stafford over yeah. Russ? You can get
2: Russ. Stafford in a double-digit I think they're right going to be swinging yeah. that thing around. Because here's the thing. Take w- Russ over Brady? No. I'm yeah. worried about <laughs> the attempts. You're going to be squeezing out the juice out of not a lot of mm. attempts. With DK and Russell Wilson, you're going to have to hope they hit on that 50-yard touchdown or that 40-yard yeah. touchdown. I don't think the attempts are going to be there. Out in L.A., with Stafford yeah. and McVay and Woods and Cup, they're throwing that thing everywhere, in my yeah. opinion. Give me Stafford. I'm buying the hype. It'd
1: be fun to to get on that that train with Stafford, but I think Russ is safer. All right, that's today's NFL two-minute drill. All right, enjoy your afternoon. Keep it locked here. Rothman and Ice on the fan.